Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 317, Fast and Furious 6, Lap 13. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Metropolitan Fashion Week. Metropolitan Fashion Week is one of the fastest growing fashion weeks in the United States and with shows in Seattle, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Palm Springs. To get information on their upcoming October 5th Los Angeles uh, Fashion Week show, go to runwayfx.com. Shout out to Metropolitan Fashion Week and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever with us today to talk about Fast and Furious 6, a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Chrissy Shackelford. Hello, Chrissy. How are you? I'm so good. Uh, I'm amazing. Uh, Cool. Do guests ever say how good they are? I would like to. Are are you going to scale it? Do we get a number system? It just feels like anytime I listen to a podcast or am on a podcast, everyone's like, oh, I'm fine. And how are you? But I think it's so interesting to come on and be like, I'm amazing. I'm the best I've ever been. I've never had a better day than today. I'm at the top of the world. I had I had like a day like a couple of months ago that I hit this like ridiculous sports betting bet. And I like texted Joey before and I was like, I need like. 10 minutes just to decompress because this to is walk the around best your house. day this is the best day ever it was like insane but um other than that which yes. sport were you betting on uh it was soccer a while ago and it was like a hundred to one odds and it hit like in the last Holy like cow. extra time yeah and i was like joey i'm just telling you this is actually the best day ever so just whew, give me a minute um but yeah so I, I can relate congrats it was awesome. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling today? I'm 100 to 1. Oh, beautiful. I'm 100 to 1. I don't... <laughs> how are y'all? What's going on? Is this the best? We're also 100 to 1. This is, this is great. We're, hey. we're, doing, we're doing killer today. We are. We really are. And you're in your like boats, airplanes, and planes lap? Is that correct? Yes. Planes, okay, trains, great. but no automobiles. So actually, that you transitioned so beautifully. We're going to skip another thing. <laughs> we're going to do, do another question, a later question earlier. Because we have spent so many times, so many episodes, so many laps talking about cars, that this time we're talking about things that aren't cars. And there are so many non-cars in this movie, which we'll get to. But Lots. we each have conversation kickoff questions about this. Before we get into your history with these movies, mm-hmm. I want to know, do you have a favorite movie that has a non-car at the heart of it? Like either like a chase scene or a cool vehicle action or something, or just like a movie that you like that's on a boat? Anything like that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, just the first thing that popped in my head when you said a movie that I like that's on a boat. Mm-hmm. Have either of y'all seen that movie with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon called Out to Sea? No. no but I someone else just brought this up to me this weekend, and I I that's don't weird. remember why, but it's a weird time. Why do you love Out to Sea? I, it's just the first movie that came to my head when you said a movie on a boat, which is very random. So obviously, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, they're um, you know the grumpy old men. Uh, and this movie is, you know, it's one of those movies that's made to be played in a retirement home or mm. only on TNT. Like okay. this is them <laughs> later in life. Nice. They're much older and they sort of sneak their way onto a cruise. They're old men by saying that they are, uh, what do they call them? Like dance assistants, like sort of what, okay. uh, Johnny does in dirty dancing where like his job is just like dance, dance instructor the people at the club. Okay. Yeah. They say they're that 
to get on this cruise for free. And then it's just, you know, sort of hijinks of them, like whining and dining these older women that they dance with every night Beautiful. at cruise dinner. It's really fun. That sounds really fun. I do like that. Their job is dance, just like Ken's beach. Exactly. exactly. They're allowed on the boat because our job is dance. That's a good answer. I also, when I looked it up again, I was like, Oh, 1997, about 30 years after. Well, I thought this movie was going to come out when you named those lead actors, but, you know, here we That's are. That's exactly right. Yeah. Very exciting, though. Because it's the best day ever, what <laughs> was your favorite interesting vehicle, non-car, that you've ever driven or ridden in? Yeah, I mean, I currently live in Austin and okay. grew up in Dallas. Okay. Um, but I used to come to Austin to visit when I was a child. Uh, I know they have these in Austin. They probably have them in other cities. I went on a duck boat tour. Oh, is it oh yeah. Those? Mm-hmm. those are I awesome. I particularly liked it as a kid. I remember getting really sick. It Where's is the probably water the strangest vehicle. There's a bunch of water in Austin. There's a Colorado There's River. Yeah. Ah. yeah. There's Lake Travis. Yeah, there's Lake Travis, which is a big, big, big lake that's like um, sort of on the outs- outskirts of town. But then there's Town Lake that runs in the middle of the city, which I guess now is called Ladybird Lake, but no one will ever call it that. No, um, definitely not. Named after Hank Hill's dog. Yes, exactly. And only Hank Hill's dog. I just remember those vehicles from a kid because they give you the duck sound. They give you this little like collar a quacker, thing that you can like like a Duck quacker. Dynasty. Yes. Like Duck Dynasty, sure. like those guys. I have to tell you, that's not a reference point for me, but sure. They, that yes. was like their whole. That was their their whole reality TV show was that those guys were making the duck calls, and then they made that a was reality the whole show. reality show. The sh- yeah, the show. I mean, it was about them, and they're just like guys that made duck calls. That's why it was called Duck Dynasty, and they just like and like they weren't in- hunters. I mean, they were, but they're bi- they had they owned the business of like the best duck caller things you can buy wow okay that's interesting i I would watch you didn't know this no i thought they were just sort of like country hunters yeah me too no no no. they they make the duck call and like in the early like seasons you'll sit them they like sit around a table and they like they make the duck calls and you can like buy the like the old man assembled duck call for like that's wild yeah and they still sell them and you know the other half of that story joey that's that um the main like the dad the patriarch was the starting quarterback over Terry Bradshaw and retired to go like and quit college football to go hunting. No. So Terry Bradshaw always says that like the dad of Duck Dynasty was the better quarterback than him. He was riding the bench behind this guy and only got his shot when he when Phil what Robertson or whatever uh, left to go hunt. It left college. He just was like, no, I'm done. I had a kid. I'm out. I don't know if that's more or less interesting than the show Duck Dynasty I had in my head, but it's just wildly different. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's stupid. It's just like a stupid reality TV show. But yes, Doug Calling is what they did. Yep. I think Terry Bradshaw, aside from being a football player's biggest claim to fame is, have you seen the film Failure to Launch? With Matthew McConaughey? I have not, but mm-hmm. I know about it. No, I haven't he seen He plays it Matthew McConaughey's dad, and there is a scene where Terry Bradshaw is just naked for like three minutes. You Frontal? just see Terry Bradshaw's just butts. Well, well no, fronts, butts. He's like naked, but they never show the front mm. part. Like he'll turn and that'll be covered, but his okay. butt is like fully out there for That's like awesome. three minutes straight. Good for him. It's really brave. I was yeah. I was blown away when I <laughs> blown away by his butt when I saw it. Maybe we can find him on Mr. Cheeks or something, Joey. We don't 
have a subscription to Mr. Cheeks. The internet, <laughs> well, to to go in line with our conversation from our episode name from a few weeks ago, the internet movie Cheeks database, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe just butts. I remember like years ago. I I I don't remember what the name of it is, and I'm not going to Google it for multiple reasons. But <laughs> there was a there was a male equivalent of Mr. Skin, but like just all dudes of like male nudity in movies. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they should combine them. Why are we segregating? Just let it all just go in one place. I don't get it. It wasn't Never Mrs. Mind. Skin either. Like it was something different. Like Mr. Uh, Man. Or, I don't remember. It was like I'm like mm, that's not a good name, but it's 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 it didn't stick. You know what I mean? Not that yeah. Mr. S- whatever. Anyway, yeah. Chrissy. Sorry. (laughs) What is your history with the Fast and Furious movies? When did what was the first one you saw? How many times have you seen them? Does this one hold any particular weight, special place in your heart? Hit us with whatever your history is with these movies. So my history with this franchise is whatever year the seventh one came out was that twenty fifteen? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I had just moved to New York. I was like very underemployed, just like working a lot of gig jobs. And it's like, you know, in the comedy scene and I had never seen a single Fast and Furious movie. And there were so many ads for Furious 7 coming out. Okay. That me and another friend who was also, you know, dangerously underemployed were like, hey, what if we do something really stupid? And we had both never seen them. So we said, Every day this week leading up to when Furious 7 comes out on Friday. Love it. We will watch one movie mm-hmm. and do a, a podcast about which we did record a podcast. I scrubbed it from the internet because it was, you know, <laughs> it was back in the day when like no one sort of knew mm-hmm. what they were doing mm-hmm. with podcasts. Or at okay. least I didn't. Yeah. But we watched a different Fast and Furious movie a day for a week and podcast about it right afterwards and then watch. Uh, Furious Seven in the theaters, and I've been a diehard fan ever since. So, so this this one a day for a week worked. You were hooked. Absolutely, I I have to. I loved the first one, and okay. then I really thought by like number three on the watch, I was like, these are getting really rough for me. Um, mm. And then obviously they got me back with five, and then six, as we'll explore today, I mm-hmm. think is like just the quintessential Fast and Furious movie. Love it. Ooh, okay. Um, and seven was obviously very emotional in the theater. And since then I've rewatched them all the movies several times. I usually try to rewatch them before a new movie comes out. I'm there uh, opening night of the new films. I'm very invested in these characters. Do you still I go with your really... same friend? Is, is your, is your same friend still no. into them as much as you are? Did, did we He's lose still into them? them? Not as much. We lost him a little bit, oh. but um, we also don't live in the same city anymore. So we can't really go. Um, thought together, maybe you'd but... just like FaceTime in the theater, like you would schedule like a very similar really showtime. No, Your Honor, I was not filming the screen. I was filming my own face because I was FaceTiming. Yeah. I was FaceTiming yeah. a very important friend. I will say on the topic of Austin, when I first saw Fury 7 was at South By and they had a world premiere or it was like the outside of LA world premiere. So it was like the third screening ever, but it was at the South Lamar Draft House. And oh, yeah. I was just like there. And so I saw it there and Tyrese was there and um, James Wan was there and someone else, a producer who I don't remember, like I didn't know the movies as well then as I do now. But yeah, on that. St- no, it wasn't. I got the ticket to South Lamar, but it was at the Paramount Theater. Oh, like, yeah. Down- I used downtown. to work there. Beautiful yeah. theater. That's yeah, really cool. beautiful theater. So they show, I mean, so what? just know that Tyrese was in that room. That That's huge. Many times, right? I would die if I were in the room with Tyrese. And I, at this time, I got really into Vin Diesel's acting and his history. Mm. 
And um, I find his story to be really moving yeah. <laughs> and inspiring. And I think I'll never leave the franchise because I find him to just be so fascinating as an artist and creator and someone who loves art, loves art. And if you've dug into Vin Diesel, then you know that like, like people like to to poo poo Vin Diesel, especially in the Fast and the Furious. But if you've watched some of his other movies, you're like, oh no, he could have been like a very like established like actor. You know what I mean? Like now, he's not now, just Chrissy, like. Have you, have you seen his the Fast and Furious short film that he has directed, Los Bondoleros? I haven't. I haven't because I'm kind of afraid to. No, it's no, good. No, no. It's, it's good. It's good. It's the best Letty's ever been. It's only 20 minutes long. Okay. And there's so there's a short film between one and two called the Turbocharged Prelude with just Brian. There's there's no dialogue, it's just him driving. It's bad. That's objectively <laughs> bad. But Los Bondoleros is really good. And you're like, oh, he has talent. I don't know why. Like it's 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 honestly so good that it was surprising to us when Justin Lin left Fast Ten that like Vin didn't just direct the movie himself. Because like all the reports are like he basically shadow directs these movies anyway. Like he has such yeah. control over everything that we're yeah. like, oh, he's already done it. He might as well. But like, go with full confidence. It kind of feels like it kind of feels like an interlude in like a music video. You know what I mean? Like when like the music stops mm-hmm. and you get that like this is how they like got in between these things. But it's like twenty minutes of that of like him and Letty and yeah and it, Hans in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. It really is. You'd be like, I'm actually impressed. Our friends that we uh, that were um, on a lap here with us that had never seen anything, they were like, that is our favorite Fast and the Furious like piece. Like they okay, love okay. Los Bandoleros that much. Yeah. Okay. I got to watch it. I'll watch it. Just to, you know, give my credits um, with loving Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. I also uh, had a Vin Diesel cardboard cutout at my wedding. Um, what it is how much I you still really, have it? really you still respect have it? him. No, Where's that one I saw. I, we had cardboard cutouts of Vin Diesel and then myself and my husband. Um, but just the three of you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this is my us. kind of. This is my kind of fun. And our, our like getaway, you know, at the end of a wedding, you like do the exit or whatever. We walked out. We did a paparazzi exit where we made everyone like take pictures. Like, look at us, look at us. And we were like, no, no. And we walked out with the Vin Diesel uh, okay. cutout. Um, so he's a really big part of our life. That's Clearly. awesome. That is yeah. really awesome. <laughs> with all of that said, were you able, do you have rankings of the Fast and Furious movies from favorite to least favorite? Please hit us either go top down or bottom up, whichever way you want to create more suspense. Okay, I think I'll go. I think I'll go top down. Okay. Okay. So at my top is number one. I just yeah. think that's where it started. You know, I love. I, I was talking about it with my husband earlier today. He was like, "Wait, number six isn't your favorite?" And I was like, "No," because the number one that's everything. Like that, every that sets the table for everything. What they're always trying to get back to at the end of every fast movie is the barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's in that first one. Um, six is my second. Okay. Then five. Good choice. Then seven. Okay. Then X. Ooh, okay. X. Uh, eight. Fate, Then yeah. two. Then two. Two, two doesn't get a lot of furious. love. You know what? Two doesn't get a lot of love. And, you know, objectively, maybe it's a bad movie. 
but I remember so much of it. And when mm -hmm. yeah, I go back to do rewatches, I always have a fun time watching it. It's, it's so like much a very fun. fun, like mid 2000s movie. It is. Um, okay. After two is nine. Okay. I don't much care for nine. Then four. I think I see what's happening here. And then three is my least favorite. And I know yep. I have listened to not all of the episodes of your podcast. You have quite a hefty back catalog, but I've listened to some and I know three is very beloved. It's split. No, it's a, it's a love or hate. It's usually like people. on. Yeah, it's usually very split. Han is one of my favorite characters as he is everyone's favorite characters. And the driving is really good in three. I cannot stand Lucas Black at That's all. His acting is alone. awful. And that is why nine is also pretty low for me because there's mm. way too much of him and Lil Bow Wow. There's, sorry, there's not even very much. There's too and there's too much of him. Too much of him. There's too much of him in nine. <laughs> oh, go me, my thighs will make you a rocket or a, a astronaut space car. And then it's them. I just I was not <laughs> happy with that whatsoever. You did not rank Hobbs and Shaw. Do you hate that or do you not consider it? Because there's there's a real, like, you're not alone in that either. There's a lot of people just like, I don't consider it. I hate that and I don't consider it. And I um, okay. am very, well, here's why, is when it comes to The Rock versus Vin, I'm Vin all the way. And uh, I think the, rock, the Rock cut out. I, that, yep, makes sense. The Rock is an opportunist. And I think Vin cares Ooh. about the art and he cares about family and The Rock constantly going away to do his little side journeys on his own is very against the family franchise uh, oh oh so you think I this is a direct so slight at vin by him even 1, attempting to do black adam oh no 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 Th those side journeys whatever like go oh you mean the side journeys in the movies Hobbs and shaw i think is a slight against the family so here's here's the question here on that note the mm -hmm. new movie fast and Furious Presents or Fast 10 Part 2 colon Hobbs, whatever it's eventually going to be called. Mm -hmm. The difference, and I want your take on this, between Hobbs and Shaw on this one is that Vin is a producer on the new one. Does that at all quell things? Or are you still like, no thanks? I still, what I don't like about it mm -hmm. is that, you know, I've heard the stories that yep. The Rock wasn't going to be in X. Then he saw it and was like, okay, I'll come back. And then clearly he negotiated, like, I'll come back if I can have my own movie. And mm -hmm. then I'm sure this was, like, That's Vin actually something producer. we haven't thought about before, Joey. I don't think we brought up that, like, The Rock was like, I'll come back if you give me Hobbs and Shaw too. And that kind I'm of sure makes sense. I'm sure that was a negotiation. And I'm sure Vin was like, we're not just going to give you that. And the negotiation they probably landed on was, fine, I'll produce you can have this movie if you come back for the final installment and like actually be in it. This is a very interesting, uh, I like this. Okay. So I'm still against it. Like the rock, why do you, why do you need that? And you know why you need that? So black Adam sucked. Young rock got canceled. <laughs> the XFL who wanted that back? No one, obviously. <laughs> like if his career were doing amazing, he wouldn't come back. He'd stay in this feud, yep. but he's, dwindling and no one is charmed by his instagram posts anymore oh it's cheat day i'm eating like five thousand tons of sushi and pancakes that's not cute anymore and that's what i didn't <laughs> like about Hobbs and shaw it was not a movie about family or story it was a movie about the rock it was like how can i show the rock's personality in a film only but is that's what, every I, I thought rock it was movie self-serving 
Yeah, but you can't do that in the fast franchise. Okay, okay, okay. The fast Fair. franchise. You know what's so Time great about six? I was rewatching it today, and I was like, you know what? Vin really lets the ensemble shine. You know, like there's a good thirty minutes where Vin's not in this movie in six. Yeah. And I was trying to think back. I haven't watched five since like right before I saw ten, and I think that's similar. You know, Vin does let these movies are certainly about Vin Diesel. I can't deny that, but. He also really lets the ensemble have their moments to shine. And yeah. The Rock only wants his moment to shine. And he's only thinking about himself at all times. And guess what? He's probably a great businessman because of that. But I think people are souring on it. And I've been soured on it for a while. And that's how I feel. That's that's awesome. That was a really good take. And I but did you're like still your gonna new see, thought. You're still going to see Hobbs when it comes out. I'm going to see it. I'm not going to see it on it, opening yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. If if Ooh. there's a movie I don't support, but I know I need to see, I won't see it on opening weekend because I do not want to contribute to opening box. Those numbers, yep. I am not contributing to numbers, but I'm going to see it because I'm sure they're going to like connect some sort of lore into it, even though they Obviously. didn't do that with Hobbs and Shaw, as we know of yet. They seem to like, spoil, not spoiler, but um, dangle that, and then that mm. hasn't been like... My biggest annoyance you might have heard it if you listen to i don't know I, I talk about it like every other episode is that vanessa kirby as hattie shaw is so cool and they're like she's never crossing over it's like why don't why not why not what are you doing i liked her character i mean she's just a great actor and i mm-hmm. like her character a lot i wish she were in the in the main franchise yeah it's i'm over waiting at this point is what and i'm chrissy i'm adopting your emotions towards the rock to, <laughs> thank to be, you thank be, you this rules to be to be over the shit of not having Hattie in these movies anymore. I'm done with it. Sick of their shit. Hattie needs to go in there with rock energy, renegotiate mm-hmm. her contract, and get the fuck back in these these movies. I'm over it. Get back. And I think it says a lot that this next movie is not a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. It's just Hobbs because apparently The Rock and Jason Statham also didn't really get along on filming that movie, which yep. to me makes it sound like The Rock is the common denominator here. We we reached this point recently that we we were like we were really like tr- trying to figure out we're like it seems like all arrows point to Vin with Justin Lin leaving and not or 10 and like all this stuff and then now it's coming back around we're like this might be The Rock's fault. This could have been The might Rock's be fault the, rock. the whole time. And the hard part is is that I actually love the character of Luke Hobbs in the in the main franchise. Like, he's so good in the movies. Um, I don't like that he calls himself Franchise Viagra. Um, does he call himself I, that? I know. We, we know that term. We've used that term. Does he call himself that? <laughs> Did I just attribute <laughs> something to him that maybe he hasn't called himself? It's, it's believable to the point where, like, Maybe he probably did. I mean, that's definitely something that we've called him or that we've referred to him as. But like, if he coined that himself, that's really bad. I don't. Oh yeah, that makes it way. I different. might. Don't listen to me. I might be totally <laughs> wrong on that. I might be totally wrong. Maybe I just had heard people call him that, and I was like, "What an ass!" He's calling himself <laughs> franchise Viagra. What a sexist douchebag. Um, okay, I don't need to look this up now, but um. Yeah, I like him in the main franchise so much. Um, Even, so like as the movies go on, he becomes less Hobbs and more The Rock where he's like doing things. Do you still, do you like that or you don't like, you like the earlier where he's more, he's less like in five where he's more just like military guy than 
or, or do you I like it all? I like the earlier. I like yeah. the earlier for sure. I Because what I think is so nice about him is, or the Luke Hobbs character, is it's got really distinct character voice. It like it almost feels like it the the dialogue was written before they had the rock signed on, which oh. might not be true, but it they I mean it, or it might be that they wrote it for the rock and really like went towards his strengths from his wrestling days or whatever. But his sort of like colorful language, like in this movie, one of my favorite lines he says is they hit like thunder and disappear like smoke. Like this sort of like flowery language that he uses to describe things, which I feel like goes away as the franchise goes on. Um, uh, he's also like quite a misogynist um, in like- The actor or the it, character? The character in the yeah. early movies. Um, and like in this movie, I didn't, I forgot that he says like that ass and brains uh, about Gina Carano or whatever. I'm like, oh, Luke. You can't say that to your coworker. Like, yeah, it's kind of creepy. It's, it's pre me too. <laughs> it's pre me too. Anything, um, ha- anything, anything flew in in London in 2013, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I did like his character before because at least that was like that shades of something. But then as yeah. you go on, it really is just the Rock being the Rock. But I still enjoy his presence. I like his dynamic with him and Tyrese. You know, I think that's fun. And that I continues on. So before we talk about this movie in particular, we used to have a lot of either or questions. We've gotten rid of a lot of those. We have two that are actually three kind of more open-ended questions that as we watch these movies over and over again, there are a couple questions that we've we've come up with that we don't have answers to. We'll probably never have answers to. So we ask everyone we can to tr- try to help us solve these questions. Mm-hmm. So in the first movie, if you'll remember, there's a scene where Brian and Mia are doing the dishes. And Vince walks in drunk and starts harassing him. And he's like trying to microwave popcorn. And he's like, he can't figure it out. And Mia says, hey, Vince, what's the name of that Cuban restaurant you want to bring me to? You know, the wood tables, the red candles, the picadillo, the food all over the place. What's the name of that? He says, cha-cha-cha. She says, Brian, you can take me there. So as we're watching these movies over and over again, we started breaking them down minute by minute. And when we got to that scene, we're like... Jordana Brewster, what does food all over the place mean? We have no idea. And so if we're like Chrissy, this was yeah. the best experience. Today, truly a hundred The best day, day ever. The best, best day, day ever. ever. <laughs> Next time you're in New York, let's take you out to dinner. We, we have the perfect restaurant. It's got these wood tables. It's got these red candles. It's got this picadillo. It's got this food all over the place. You're going to love it. If you hear a restaurant described as having food all over the place, what do you conjure up in your mind's eye? What do you picture? What does that say to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I think the first conjuring is not probably what she is meaning to say. I think the first conjuring when you hear food all over the place is you assume food's been sitting out forever. And it's like uh, the the food is at the table and you're sat at the food, Um, which I think is bad and probably not what she means. What I think might be the intention, you know, at restaurants where there's like kitschy stuff on the walls, you know, like road yeah. signs and, uh, you know, TGI shoes. Yeah. I think this is a restaurant where all that kitschy stuff is like a banana with a goofy face, like a ceramic banana okay. with a goofy face, like a cheeseburger with googly eyes. So when she says food all over the place, she's not talking about actual like, edible food she's talking about decor, the decor. Of food it's all over the place mm. you're surrounded by food 
I like like that. a Cuban restaurant. Maybe there's plantain chip, like a basket of plantain chips, and they all have like big wide eyes and tiny little mouths. You know, I want to see this in wallpaper. What form. makes it even weirder is we see Cha Cha Cha. We follow them on their date, and there's nothing about the scene that explains this okay. in any way. But I like that. I like both answers. I like okay the disgusting answer, and I like the that's what she means. Yeah, I mean I like the it. other option could be like a Texas Roadhouse situation where mm. um, there's like peanut shells on the ground and peanut stuff. shells on the floor. Mm. But I think you'd yeah. say peanuts all over the place. You wouldn't say mm. food all over the place. Peanuts on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. fast forward to Furious Seven, the mm-hmm. first one you saw live. Yes. Two questions about this. If you'll remember, there's the scene where they go up in Abu Dhabi to that party. And Vin and Brian, or Dom and Brian, go to the back room to steal the thing from the car, and they drive the car out the window, whatever. But they say, Roman, we need you to shine bright like only Roman Pierce can distract this room. And he goes and sings the birthday song. So, Chrissy, the three of us were on a heist, and Joe and I are going to go in the other room, and we're going to steal something from her car, and we need you to shine bright like only you can. We need you to sing a song, acapella, karaoke style. What song are you singing that's either so good people are breathtaking or so bad that they're like, oh, my God. What song is that? Yeah, okay. This is a great question. Um, well, you. I think the directive is shine bright like only you could. But mm-hmm. also the the message behind that is get everyone's attention. Yes. So that's yes. why happy birthday is so good is it garners yep. attention. So I can't just be singing any old karaoke song because like some people might not pay attention, even if I had the most amazing like Celine Dion voice. So I think what you have to sing is like a line dance song, like a cha-cha slide, uh, a Cupid sing shuffle. A ch- sing? That's a bold <laughs> move. I really like this mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, slide yeah. to the left, and you have to just are you you're doing it in slide the voice. Slide to the right. Okay. Crisscross. Crisscross. Oh, everybody, so much... clap your hands. There's no room you go into where you sing. Everybody, clap your hands. That people don't automatically do it. I think you need at least one white person to start it. But if, if when there's the, when one you, white when you put person, put that on at a baseball stadium, and everyone just does it automatically. I'm just like, guys, what are we doing? Here? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I love I mean. it. I love it when a baseball player's walk-up song is um, the Friends theme song. And it's, mm. it might have been a Mets player who used to have this. Uh, and it would just be the part where it's the clapping, the clap, 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 clap. I won't do it because yeah. of yeah. microphones. And everybody does it in the stadium. That's community. And that's how you know no one could look away. You got them. Like this, is, this, is, yeah, this is a cheat code. You kind of broke, you broke through the matrix here. Thank you. One of my favorite all-time walk-up, baseball walk-up, I put it on YouTube because I filmed it because I saw two Royals games back-to-back when I was in Kansas City like 10 years ago. And the first day I was just like, this rules. And the second day I filmed it and I put it on YouTube and it got a bunch of views. But Chris Getz, who I don't think is in the league anymore, used the RBI baseball theme song from NES, like the doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-
if you hear a person described as having no knees, as no knees, Denise, what does that conjure up? What do you think of no knees, Denise? Yeah, I have heard this question on your podcast before. I can't remember the answers that I heard. Uh, no, t- the only thing I've seen you take down is no knees, Denise. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not said complimentarily, complimentarily, complimentary ish, whatever. And he takes offense. He takes offense. Yeah. So I think what it is, is, and, and you know, this is not uh, something that I endorse uh, mm-hmm. in that I would not talk about women this way. Um, but I think what they might be implying is this woman is so easy. She doesn't, she, I don't know how R rated this podcast is, but she whatever doesn't you do, you can say she you doesn't want. do handies. She doesn't do blowies. She goes, she does nothing in between. You are either holding her hand or you're like inside of her. So like, that's how easy she is. Okay, (laughs) She's got no knees, Denise. Like she's not getting on her knees. She's one to a hundred. I like that you asked what level and then you made it sound cute. And then you immediately got gross with it. (laughs) It was was all over the place, but it's great. uh yes i apologize for that no Um, No, don't apologize i liked it and the final question before talking about this movie is do you have a favorite character in these movies is it dom or is it not i know you love vin but do you love dom Mm -hmm, that's a great question um i think honestly my favorite character is a tie Mm -hmm. between han and tej Tej, okay. We yeah. don't get a lot of Tej's as like favorite characters, but I like Tej a lot. He's so just cool and collected, and he's the hottest he's ever been in this film. Sorry to, um, you know, sexualize him, I guess, but uh, he looks really good in this movie. What do you think of his terrible Spanish? I mean, I'm 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 injecting my own opinion here, but what do you think of his terrible Spanish accent in that opening scene where he's? I thought about this when I was watching it this time too, Joey. I it's yeah, it's it's cue card reading of Spanish for sure. It's like phonetically. I've never noticed it because what I'm always distracted by in that scene is the fact uh, that he has no shirt on. Is the fact that he has no shirt on, Mm -hmm. and then also that I know the ATM is about to shoot money because I've seen it before, and that just (laughs) of course. On this day, there's so many school children hanging out by an ATM. As school <laughs> yes, children yes, yes. are wont to do. Yes. Just showing what a Loiter good guy Tej is. School children love to hang out right by the ATM. Exactly. Um, so I've, right. I've not noticed the Spanish accent, um, I, unfortunately. I wonder, now that we're talking about it in more detail, I wonder if like he had a shirt on in the original version and they shot a version of just like... We need to distract them somehow. Like, we need to take the shirt off. Let's try mm. it again. The Spanish isn't going to get better, but we know those abs, you know what I mean? We'll be so. distracted. I yeah. endorse that theory 100%. All right. Before we talk about this, well, actually, well, let's talk about this movie now. But before we talk, talk about the specifics and what you love and what you don't love and so on and so forth, this lap, all lap long, I found a thing on IMDb. I don't know if you've ever seen this called Crazy Credits. And Mm-mm. I was so excited by this. And for the Fast and Furious movies, it's always a disappointment. It had a it, we we one of our listeners, one of our friends, wrote in and he explained what it was meant to be. Like it was in Airplane, like they credited Adolf Hitler as best boy. Like there were just like goofy worst things boy. that like worst went on. Boy. Worst, yeah. worst boy. Thank you. That makes a lot more sense than best boy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it definitely Christ. does. Jesus wow. Christ. 
figured anyway. I would contextualize that. But there's crazy credits for every movie, and sometimes they don't have them. But here, just like they're just like, oh, cars drive from left to right in the credits. Like that's not a crazy credit. You're just describing something that happens. But because this has become a part of this lap, I'm now looking at the crazy credits for every movie. So there's three crazy credits for this movie. Okay. Number one, and that what's amazing to me is that unlike trivia on IMDb, which sometimes has like way more downvotes than upvotes, everyone who looks at crazy credits loves it. Loves crazy credits. Like, the three that we have here, the first one is 69 upvotes and only one downvote. Second one is 36 no, and the third one is 30 no. So, like, of the three crazy credits, only one person saw any of them, which is like, this is not interesting. Everyone else loves these. And I will tell you now, they're not good. Ever. Oh, okay. So, here's crazy credit number one. Again, keeping in mind, like, it was meant to capture, like, making jokes and stuff. Number one. After the character credits following the film, we're shown Han's final race from the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. However, we start seeing angles of it from inside a car, where a gloved hand is adjusting switches and preparing to move. As in Tokyo Drift, a Mercedes slams into Han's car, but it doesn't kill him outright. The driver of the Mercedes, an unnamed character played by Jason Statham, emerges from his car. He then pulls the, quote, cross necklace, parentheses, seen earlier in the film and also the one from Fast Five and Four, from his pocket and throws it into the fuel spill slash the direction of Han's car. Han's car then explodes from the fuel leak and subsequent engine fire. Jason Statham's character then makes a call saying, quote, Dominic Toretto, you don't know me, you're about to. 69, 69 up votes. One down. That's not a crazy credit. It's just describing a credit scene. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels like that should be in its own section, which is post Describe scene. the credit scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just don't call okay. it crazy credits. Just call it credits or something. Right? Yeah. I guess. Number two. Guys, this is, this is so crazy. Just after the credits start, there's a short clip showing the link between Tokyo Drift and the seventh movie. You know the thing we just described? Here it is again. <laughs> this is the Tilder version. This time. Perfect. 36 up, zero down. <laughs> Third and final crazy credit. The opening credits list the film as Furious 6. 30 up, zero down. Just the title? It just reads you the title card? Okay. Nailed These it. are all things that should be in the trivia section under that. Not all. The post-credit thing should be in the trivia section under spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. You'd think. And then the first one should be the opening credit thing should just be in the regular trivia mm-hmm. section. Yeah. Okay. We've well, lost hmm. all grasp on crazy credits as a people, as a society. I didn't even know crazy credits existed. Neither did we until like two months ago. And you now I'm so disappointed. Do? Make crazy credits great again. We need to MCC AGA. <laughs> no. Go. Make crazy just credits go. crazy again. Mm-hmm. That's what we Make need to do. MCCCA. Maka. 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 Chrissy, the floor mm-hmm. is now yours. We've watched this movie so many times. I still have new notes. I still have new things that I've noticed that I want to talk about. But what do you love about this movie? This is your number two. You said this is... What was the way you described three. it? This is three. Like, two. No, two. Yeah, two, not three. This is my you second. this is like the, the epitome of all Fast... What was the description you used? The quintessential Fast and Furious movie. What makes this that? What do you love about this movie? Thank you so much for the question. Okay. Here's why I think this is the quintessential movie is obviously Fast Five brings a, is a resurgence to the franchise. Yep. Obviously that. And Fast Five is objectively amazing, a wonderful mm-hmm. action movie. But Fast Six 
this is where everything comes together. It's where it's where everything that people love about the franchise and everything that people make fun of about the franchise mm-hmm. is at its height. Like the whole I only care about family thing. Dom's code is literally like is talked about in this movie. Like mm-hmm. it is defined in this film. Your code is family. So that's defined. That's like a joke people make. This is where they become actual superheroes. Yeah. Uh, like you know, they like fly across bridges. Um, they headbutt. They know all of this about like crazy weaponry and gear, which I think is very fun. And what I really love about this movie is that the mission is about family for the first mm. time. So, so like, oh, okay, yeah. the first movie is you know DVDs, money, but that's when the they really become a family, obviously. Two and three or whatever. Four, I honestly don't rewatch that one a lot. I know it's like drug cartel, whatever. Um, five, they're doing it for family, but they're doing it for money. Five, they are motivated by money, which is still yes. fine. Again, great movie. The sixth movie, they're motivated by Letty and by freedom. And the freedom to them equals family. So this is the first mission where family is at, like, is not just something they talk about constantly it's actually the motivating factor for the mission for all of them um so that's a big uh thing for me i also think this is the best dom and letty chemistry movie maybe aside well, wait, from the wait first one Los bondoleros i'll tell you that much oh boy oh boy well why i think this one is so good is because every movie from here on out they're well maybe not seven because they like take a break in seven but their love story is just sort of, you know, a given. And in this one, they're having to re-fall in love. Like, they're flirting, which mm-hmm. makes their chemistry, like, way more yeah. um, immediate and juicy to watch. Uh, besides the, like, sexless energy they had between them in Fast 10, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't like, think the, we were laughing think about that. super horny that he, like, he's like, hey, the kid's asleep. Let me put my head on your belly. You got a baby in there yet? Is there a baby in there yet? <laughs> Is it in there? Not yet. It's like, what? Like knocks. I would if he would have knocked. That's the only thing I could hope for. That was great. <laughs> he just like knocked on her belly. Like hello. No. These movies are so sexless, and the hottest moments in this entire franchise is in the first one where Dom lifts Letty up by, mm-hmm. like, her ass, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. in the leather yeah. pants. And then in this movie, the most sensual scene in this whole franchise is them, like, showing each other scars. Mm-hmm. And Vin, like, drops his pants. And we see, like, a little bit of his yeah. pelvic region. Like, them showing each other their pelvic scars is, like, the most sex we've had in these films in the past 15 years since the first one. There's also at the end of five, I think we we can't omit Han and Giselle making out on the Autobahn. That's also up there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a top really one. good. Yeah, that's but like you're you're saying these these aren't sex; they're just sexy things a lot of the time. You know, like they're a lot more like sensual, mm-hmm. like vibes. Than, well, that's why yeah. we've talked about before that like this movie or this franchise views sex. More for procreation than for like of making more family. Yeah, that's, that's what it's which about. Which is yeah. so Christian and pure <laughs> and strange. It's 
very Christian. But the more these movies go on, the more I have to reckon with like, oh, these movies are like so Christian and like maybe a Jesus story for Dom. Um, oh like yeah, he might consider himself the second coming. Yeah. Okay, another thing that I love about this movie, as opposed to five. So I, I always defend this movie as opposed to five because everyone says five is the best and five is obviously a great film. Mm-hmm. What I also like about this movie is at the beginning of five, it's so dour. Like everything is so like sad and, and it's good stakes, you know, because they're like really, you know, down on their luck. But in this movie, you come in and you have such fun energy. Ty- they're like, already the rich. Movie- they're already rich. Tyrese is on a plane. Ludacris is making the ATM the ATM machine like fly out. Han and Giselle getting the phone call in Tokyo. That's also a really hot scene, like mm-hmm. underrated. It, the energy of this movie has a lightness to it. Yep. And and five, I, I find to be like really serious. Still good. Um, and six, there's more jokes that are actual good jokes not just like the unintentional comedy. There's actually like good intentional comedy in this movie. Um, Would you say on average these movies are funny or not? I mean, because you make a living as a comedy writer. So you Mm -hmm. you have more of a, I think, uh, the ability or the history or the like professional expertise to determine if a thing is funny or not. Do you think these movies are funny or not? Because I feel like either answer I could agree with, but I'm wondering as a professional comedy writer, do you think on average these movies are funny. No, but um, I don't. I But I think these movies do a better job landing comedy when they have it in mm-hmm. a way that I think is funnier than when like, you know, it gets a lot of shit, but like when Marvel movies do it, yep. which yep. and those jokes feel very sanitized. And these jokes, I think like the rock shooting the vending machine when Tyrese is hungry like that's legitimately funny that's a funny yeah another thing why I think this is like a quintessential fast movie there's so many quintessential character moments like that is the rocks character like in a in one moment but what I think is also funny about these movies is that the unintentional comedy is off the charts so I do not think that they uh that's why I say they aren't funny movies because I don't think a lot of the moments they're meaning to be funny but are hilarious. Another quintessential character moment for Vin is waking up naked with Elena and then immediately going to work on the car. Like that's hilarious <laughs> to me. That's hilarious to me. They're fucking naked in bed, tangled up in each other. He gives her a little kiss. He like pushes her side boob off of him and he puts on a tank top and goes to start wor- working on the car outside. That is so funny to me, but it's uh, they're not meaning that to be funny. Like, to no. I know Vin Diesel thinks that that's, like, the peak of manhood, you know? And that's what he wants to show off. Uh, so I find myself laughing at these movies quite a bit. And Fast X actually was pretty funny, I will say. Intentionally yeah. and unintentionally. Jason Momoa, I thought was funny. Yeah, uh, he's really funny. Yeah, yeah, he cracks me up. Is there, on that note, fast forward to the new movies, is there someone, because like all these movies, and I don't know if we're going to get it for the next one or two, because we need to stop doing this at some point, but like, the way that these movies get new people excited is like, look who we just added. Don't you love this person? Come see this person. Is there anyone who's out there that has not been in these movies yet that you would like to see them add? 
Or is there someone like they brought back in 10, they brought back Giselle, they brought back Hobbs? Is there someone that has been gone for a while that you want to see returned? Either way, either answer to either question. Um. Yeah, I was really happy. To, my answer before 10 would have been Giselle. I mm-hmm. love Giselle and I love Giselle and Han. Um, so it would have been Giselle. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have an answer to who is out there right now, like celebrity wise that I think should be in the franchise, but I was thinking today um, because I do know that y'all are fans of Mia, quite big mm-hmm. fans of Mia. Yes. I'm a big yes. Fan and, of Mia. and I am not. Um, and I think some of that is the writing of her character in certain films. Like, I don't think they give her enough sure. to do. But a yeah. lot of that is Jordana Brewster. Like, I you just don't, like, don't her. like her okay. as an actor. And so I was thinking as I was watching Six, like, who would I have recast her as? Like, Ooh. with who okay. was around at that time in, like, 2001 that would have maybe been up for a role like that? And and, well, hold only... on. There, there is there's someone. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say who this is, but there's someone that Brian has a brief affair with in that turbocharged prelude. And I wonder... <sighs> If it's the same person you're about to say, because she's definitely okay. a Jordana Brewster type. Oh, I don't know if this part. Maybe this. Part, I was just thinking, like, who was around back then mm-hmm. and probably would have been at the level to book a role like that. Mm-hmm. And the only name that came to my head was Jessica Biel. Well, I will say that Jordana Brewster, Jessica Biel, and this person all famously dated Derek Jeter. There's that like <laughs> Sports Center graphic of like his baseball diamond yes. of like romantic interests yes the person that Ooh, brian dude. has this like little not even love affair with just like she helps him out of a tough situation again no dialogue credited only as girl Good. um minka kelly oh yeah i wouldn't like that though because she, she's definitely more of a jordana brewster type i think jessica beale brings something different minka kelly is again the kind of like sort of jordana brewstery I think why I thought Jessica Biel is something that I find lacking in Jordana Brewster's performance is um, choices <laughs> and like being <laughs> being able to like be in the action. Uh, like I just never sort of believe her when she's in the action scenes. But then I was really having an argument with myself. It's like, maybe that's what you need. Like we have these other women that are like action stars, like Michelle Rodriguez and Gal Gadot. Uh, maybe Jordana Brewster needs to feel a little bit more like a fish out of water, but I just, I can't, it always, she always bugs me. I can't, I can't I think, get it up for her. I think the issue, I, I mean, I can't really help the fact that you. No, it was awesome. I love it. I can't, I can't help the fact that you don't like her as an actor, but I think that like the movie's just like, we don't, you, you exist as Dom's sister and as Brian's girlfriend and that's your quality. That's your, that's who you are. And she's not given anything ever. Like, all she does in 10 is play video games with baby Brian and then go run away and leave the movie. It's weird. And this movie, you really feel it. Because she's pretty integral in 5. And so this is a big downgrade for Mm -hmm. her writing-wise in 6, where she really is just like, you are now only a prop. You have become a mother, which means you are downgraded to great man's... Uh, a woman close to the great man so the great man can learn uh can be motivated by something yep when yep. you're in danger one of our past guests had this theory that i can't get out of my head and i wonder if you would have liked it or not but obviously paul walker's death 
completely impacted the way that they do everything in these movies, right? But one mm-hmm. of the guests that we had on the show said when she saw Fate, she thought it was meant to be Mia and their kid kidnapped instead of Elena. And so they couldn't do that because Brian is not involved because, like, it doesn't make sense timeline-wise. Not that the movies care about time at all, but for Elena to suddenly have a kid. But it makes a lot more sense if someone that both Brian and Dom are close to and a kid that we already know about is kidnapped by Cypher. Would that have... Because I think what the the issue with the, the the Mia character is that when Brian is no longer around because Paul's passed away, they're like, can't have Mia without Brian. It's like, no, you can. But like for a long time, they're like, we can't do one without the other. So would do you think that would have worked more? Would that have impacted the way you think about fate? I think that would be, I actually think that's a wonderful move. And if that's what they're planning, I think that's great. Uh, and honestly, if they were planning to kill her in that movie, I think I'd be chill with that too. Um, but I, yeah, because also timeline wise, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent on the timeline. No, no, no. This whole show is tangents. It's fine. When I was doing my rewatch before 10 this summer, they had such an easy window, like to make it make sense, the baby mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've talked, have you talked about this? Where... Michelle, all we, tried, all we do is try to make sense of things, and nothing ever works. No, no, no. they could have made it work. Letty leaves Dom at mm-hmm. the beginning of seven. Dom yes. runs into Elena at the hospital mm. when Rock's in the hospital. Why did they just not say like when Dom and Letty were broken up when Letty left? Dom and Elena hooked up in that time frame because then the baby being like eight months old and eight. That would have worked. We could believe that it's been a year and a half between seven and eight. What I can't believe is that it's been four years in between six and eight, uh, which is what it seems to be because Mia and Brian's child, which is born at the beginning of six, is like a toddler Mm -hmm. uh, going to some sort of school in seven, which means so much time has passed. So I don't know why they didn't just say like, Oh, yeah, they hooked up when they saw... In my mind, that's what happened. They hooked up when they saw each other at the top of seven. You're the first person to ever suggest that. That's a very easy thing. I think the answer is because they don't rewatch earlier movies or care how things play out. Yeah, I mean, I I think it bolsters that past guest theory that that was meant to be a Mia storyline. Because they don't seem to care about the timeline. And I think that would have been a great storyline, honestly. And I think it would have been more interesting if Brian was the one that turned on the family and not Dom. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%, um, right? Yeah. Because Brian was yeah. already against the family in the first one. Dom being against the family makes no sense. No. And it's, and I mean, so much of that seems to be because of the Vin Diesel and Rock feud as well. Won't film a single scene together, but I can't talk about the Rock one question that I had that I'm not sure my answer to, but I, Joe, I want to hear from you. I also want to hear from Chrissy. Do we think, now that Giselle is back, now that she survived, does her sacrifice at the end of this movie to save Han mean any less? Do Absolutely we, not. No. It's the same. You think it's the same? 100% no. the exact same. Yes. And this is something that's always bothered me about the end of this movie. And I'm so glad they brought Giselle back because I think about it all the time, which is that Owen... Shaw has a much harsher and further fall out of a plane mm-hmm. and survives 
mm-hmm. recover like in, recovers, and yet yes. Giselle has a much shorter fall and so, was yes. dead. So I'm so glad she's alive because that never made sense to me. This is the first time we're rewatching it since we've seen ten. I specifically had an eye out this time because I wanted to, to just actually focus on exactly where Giselle falls, how she falls, because we were we always just said that like she got sucked into the engines, right? Like that's what it was. <laughs> oh my god! I we mean, always we don't see said a body. she just got sucked into the engines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like we always imagined yeah. the worst death possible for her. Yeah, well, because because we we don't see a body. And, like, if she were to just fall in, they don't even go look for her body. So we're assuming that she just, you know, sucked right into the jet engine. Splat. Yeah. But when I was looking at it this time, you're right. Even though it's a very large plane, they're on the wing. So they're not, like, very high off the ground. And she falls backwards. And, like, and it's not, like, near an engine thing because, like, of how the plane's set up. The engine would have had to be like right under Han for her to get sucked into the engine. And presumably he might have gotten sucked into the engine too. Also, we would have seen the explosion. Like we see a guy get sucked into the engine in this movie and we see yes. like, it's a big explosion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like, so she just falls like 20 feet. She's yeah. just like unconscious, like on the runway and they just like drove away without her. They never go looking for the body. Well, here is, I don't know if you, I tweeted a, a big theory that I'm pretty proud of, honestly. Tell and us. I don't is, know this we, is this how we found you? I don't remember how we found you. I think you, we both you... found each other on Twitter. Okay. I think I think this is what happened. Okay. Uh, is that, you know, I like so many things about Fast and Furious that your feed, you know, like months ago would be that a feed starts serving gotcha. you things okay. that you've yep, liked. Yep, 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 and yep. I would see tweets from an account called Too Fast, Too Forever and apologies, it was probably like six months ago. I didn't know you were a podcast. I just thought, oh, totally this is fine, like some yeah. like meme account that mm-hmm. posts things that I really agree with about Fast and Furious. So I started liking tweets whenever they came up in my thing. Um, and then y'all started liking, and then obviously we got here. This is a theory I tweeted out after Fast X. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm really proud of this theory, so I hope that it holds. Okay. <laughs> Which is that the only deaths that are true deaths in mm-hmm. this franchise are deaths that we see through Dom's eyes. Ooh. If we see oh. Vin Diesel see the death, that person is dead. All the people that have come back to life are people that Dominic did not see die. This is incredible. Because wow. there was a big debate about like, is John Cena actually dead? And I was like, I think John Cena's dead. We saw... And this is when it clicked. It was like, because we saw Dom see it. Dom saw John oh. Cena die. So that's the only death that really counts. If you think about it, Elena, true death. Dom mm-hmm. watched it. Mm-hmm. Jesse in the first one, Dom saw it. Dom saw it. I think he also saw Vince, right? I haven't watched five since I thought of this yeah. theory. He saw Vince die. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, Vince basically like bleeds out in front of him. Yeah, he sees Vince die. Diago so in 10. Mm-hmm. He oh sees Diago God. die. And yeah. then Han, he doesn't see. Giselle, he doesn't see. Letty, he doesn't see. And those are all the deaths that come. So we are Dom's eyes. So if Dom sees a death, that's how we know that it is a true death and that character is like actually dead. And if that's Dom beautiful. doesn't see it, then there's always going to be a question mark with that character's death and they could come back. This is very interesting and a great theory and one we will subscribe to and attribute to you for the rest of time. 
Thank you. I mean, I really want to know. I won't know if it's true until like the final movie. And of course, John Cena yeah, doesn't course. come back from the dead. If John Cena comes back from the dead, my theory is completely kaput. But I really don't think he is. Well, so we our theory about the John Cena thing is that he built a death proof car and that he's not actually dead because like 15 minutes before he dies, he's talking about Brian, about how he used to be afraid of cars because his dad died in a car, but he got over that fear. And then mm. they jump out of the plane and that, you know, skyboat thing, whatever. Um, yeah. you're, you're of the mind that Cena is dead, that Jacob is dead in 10. Do you think any of the four on that airplane that supposedly crashes, do you think Dom and baby God, Brian no. are dead? None of them. God, Just, only Jacob. No. Only Jacob. Only Jacob, I think. And and Diago, of course, but he's not a main character. I yeah. just love him. Fan um, favorite Diago, as we learned recently that they told us in some... That pitch. they? Who's they? We... We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we asked we watched fast five for the first like joe just said this is the first time we've seen six since we saw ten so we when we saw five three weeks ago we were like okay because we didn't remember when they brought him back we're like who is this guy and we've seen these movies so many times we're just like who is this guy like he was in five we know that but like we don't know who he is and so we look at his the actor's imdb we're like, maybe he's like a big musician in Brazil. He's a yeah, dude we're trying from to Jersey. Guess. He's a, just an actor <laughs> from New Jersey. And in his IMDb like bio, it's like, and 2023 is a big year as it marks the return of fan favorite character Diogo. To the we're like, according to who? Like, who um, wanted him? Like, we want Suki back. We've wanted Giselle back. We wanted Hobbs back. Nobody's like, give us Diogo. Like, he's cool. He's fine. Yeah, but it's just not, finally... not on any list that I would have con- conjured up in my brain to be like, like, you were like, oh, yeah, who would I who would I bring back? Or like, who would I recast? Who did I want? You, your first thought was a Diogo. We were like, maybe yeah. there's like a big plot or a big scene that we don't remember from Five. And then we rewatch Five. We're just like, no, he's that was it. We remembered it right. He's fine. Well, anytime you see somebody's like bio and IMDb mm-hmm. actually like written, written, that's mm-hmm. just that person or their I manager. Know, know. <laughs> so, so according to him, so he's fan favorite. telling us, and you know what? You gotta respect that hustle. I could never do it if I were, even if I had a role as big as him in a movie like this. I don't think I could ever write on my IMDb. Spoiler: Not a big role. Fan but favorite. Keep going. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. Not a big role. But even if I had a role like that this in size, like a major yeah. movie, I would never say fan favorite. I will. While we're on the topic of IMDb, I never looked this up before, but I looked up what the name of the character is because one of my favorite character names in any of these movies is in Tokyo Drift so like we have in this movie we have Rita Ora start the race in London right this is London baby she does the thing yes my favorite character name in any of these movies is in Tokyo Drift the guy who does that is exceedingly handsome guy and he's just the guy who has a cigarette he's got like this like very well fitted oh yeah and he's just like a super handsome he's exceeding exceedingly handsome and he just you know says go and they just whatever so I was like, what could this guy's like, does he have like, is he like Mr. Johnson, Mr. Brent, like whatever. So Jason Thorpe is the actor. Do either of you want to guess? He does not have a character name. He has like a description. Who are we Dude, talking about? The guy who talks about the Rock's honeys, the one who likes is, is very oh. mean to them at the auction block. Yeah. So yeah. do either of you want to guess what he is credited as in this movie? Yes, I want to guess. Please. Uh, go ahead. Snooty car concierge. That is better than what he is credited as, but you're in the ballpark for sure. Joe, do you want to take a guess? Oh, uh, I was going to go like two proper uh, mean guy. He is credited. So Jason Thorpe is the actor. 
He is credited as Snobby. I like Snooty oh, better, good. but Snobby's pretty good. Snobby Auctioneer Organizer. Oh, it's an auction. Auctioneer. I yeah, auctioneer is a good word. I was thinking auctioneer. God damn and it. He, this is in his top four. I think he's probably just a character actor who's like been in a bunch of stuff, but this is still one of the four things that either he has set or people find him the most through this movie. It's no exceedingly handsome guy, but snobby auctioneer organizer is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I was also like, am I going to recognize this guy? Oh, yep. No, I do. I, I know exactly who this guy is. There we go. That's great. I've gushed so much about how much I love this movie, but I do know that this movie has flaws. And I would say that scene, that sequence is one of them. Chrissy, I'm with you. When sequence. I was when I was watching it specifically this time, I was thinking like, I'm done. Cut the whole car sequence out. Cut cut exceedingly annoying auctioneer out, and just psh, just skip right to the chase. Bring the cars up. Just say we found these, and then we're good. I don't need that whole scene anymore. I'm done with it. I applaud the intent behind it, which is that I yes. think they were like playing with pairing up different people. Um, yep. But The Rock and Ludacris and Tej, like those character pairs don't play off each other well. This is my theory about the scene is that they shot the auction scene and they were like, ooh, The Rock and Ludacris, they're, they're not cooking the way we wanted them to. So then they added this like big comedic bit of like stealing his clothes, which I think just falls so flat. Um, I think so too. To try to like save that sequence um but pairings that i think really work in this movie mm -hmm. are han and roman so that's another mm. reason why this is my favorite is that so many movies in the franchise i remember incredible car sequences from it mm -hmm. like obviously bank heist vault but this movie has my favorite fight sequences multiple yeah. of them the yeah. both subway fights i mm -hmm. think are incredible and prison fight with braga um are all great and vin headbutts somebody he never does he ever do that again in any other movie so. it's he, he does a flying headbutt which is pretty good what i like about the subway scenes which i was surprised by this time i don't think we ever see them lose a fight from here on out like they win every fight they're in and here they get their ass thoroughly handed to them they yes, get they their do. ass handed to them and i love that that is juxtaposed to michelle rodriguez and gina carano i mean gina carano bleh but mm -hmm. yep. it's an yeah, incredible understood. fight scene but those two are like re they're at the same level and like none of them neither of them are letting up and it's like a really intense fight they're both like holding their own and then that's juxtaposed with these like two dudes who are like fighting against one guy and getting their ass handed to them it just like yep. shows like how freaking awesome Michelle yep. Rodriguez yep. and the women fight scenes are um, although I do dislike that I'm glad that they changed in nine. I used to really, it used to really bug me that they had to add a woman into every movie so that Michelle mm. Rodriguez had someone to fight. <laughs> um, uh. and at least in nine, they did, there was Mia and Michelle fought together, but they fought against men, right? In, yeah, yes. in Tokyo. There. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With L. And I, I appreciated that, I will say. Because I was starting to get annoyed by like, who's the new woman in here that will fight Michelle Rodriguez? Because Michelle Rodriguez can't fight a man. Speaking of women in this movie, there is, I don't think I've ever mentioned, and I don't know if I've ever really thought about, but one of my favorite moments in any of these movies is 
from female Brian, because I don't know her character's name because they're never actually given, but the, the, True. the attractive blonde in Shaw's crew. Yep. When they're in that opening kind of chase, race, whatever, and she flips him with the flip car, which they also call a ramp car, whatever. And then as she drives by, she winks at him. I'm like, that rules. That's so good. And then at the end, when they're on the world's longest runway, he doesn't flip her, but he makes her crash. And then we see him drive by. I'm like, why don't you wink? You should wink back at her. And he Uh, doesn't. But I love her in slow motion, just winking like, got you. Wow, that's so true. He should have winked. He should have winked. Yeah, she's she's great. I mean, I think another thing that is compelling to me about this film as opposed to others is that Five does dual antagonists very well. So Five does The Rock being an mm-hmm. antagonist mm-hmm. for the team yep. and um, Reyes being an antagonist very well. And they try to recreate that in Seven. And I think it gets messy because mm-hmm. uh, I think Jason Statham's really good, but uh, I forget the. Mosey Jaconda, other... yeah, it doesn't make any yes. sense. Mm-hmm. I, it makes no he's sense. just not developed enough for it to. Nope. And I feel like they were trying to recreate dual antagonists from five and it doesn't work. But in this movie, it's just one main antagonist. And then he's got all these flackies that don't really matter, which I think is great. Like, we only care about Owen Shaw and his team is like replaceable you don't need to get to know them and we don't have a second antagonist we have a double agent mm-hmm. which is great and sorry to ramble no 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 this you're is the, fine this is, this is beautiful another thing that i love about this movie and is my controversial opinion is this is the last movie before they introduce god's eye mm-hmm. which when it came in in seven i was like what a cool technology but now i feel like they're handcuffed to the story-wise, to this technology, that every movie, somebody's got to talk about who's got the God's eye. Nobody can be like one step ahead of the other person because somebody's got the God's eye. They can see where someone is at all times. This movie is so interesting because Owen is one step ahead of him, not because he has some any sort of fancy technology where he can scan any security camera anywhere in the world and find their target immediately, like the easiest cheat code ever in an action movie. Yep. It's because there was a double agent there the whole time. And that's like a twist and a and such a fun twist. And God's eye, I just feel like, ugh, I, I get so tired. In Fast X, I was like, I don't need to hear about God's eye again. They need to just decide that somebody destroyed it and it didn't exist anymore and no one will create it again because Ramsey created it initially. Like, they should just destroy it. And she morally can't do it twice. She knows yes. the ramifications. It's it's put to pasture. We never see this technology again. Yeah. Because that's also... It complicates the fact that every one of these movies has to have higher stakes than the previous one. Like, they can't just save the world. They have to save the world again in a more spectacular way. And to add in, like, they can't not use God's Eye because it's like, well, we have it. People know it's out there, right? Now it's in like a little pocket size thing that you can just carry around with you. It's a yeah. pilot. Mm-hmm. And now they're fighting about who has God. And it, it, God's Eye switches hands so many times because it's in this little palm pilot thing. And you're like, wait, who has God's Eye? Who knows where who is? It, I, I don't know. It just, it, I get fatigued by the God's eye of it all in the later films. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I think like that's why the, even when, so when I was watching this one today, and we've talked about this recently, I think, even when I'm watching movie, like the later movies that I love, like I love them all, but there's some that I love more than the others. But even when I'm watching these, I'm just like, there's something just so nice about like the first one, even the ones that you don't like as much, like two and three, like they're simpler, they're smaller, they're shorter, they're tighter. Yep. Even a movie like this, that's like, 
objectively good and filled with good characters and good performances and good stunts, whatever, just like, there's something nice to be said about like the simplicity of the early movies and just being able yeah. to do things in a smaller way that like, as they keep getting bigger and more expensive and more bloated in both good and bad ways, it's like, I don't know, I kind of want just like a car, like a movie about like racers in Southern California again. Well, because also, I mean, and I like Too Fast quite a bit. I think with Too Fast, because you don't have all that crazy tech and it's not like we're saving the world, blah, blah, blah. Moments from Too Fast have sat with me for so long. Like the villainous, the rat in the bucket on the mm-hmm. stomach. The rat is in like the bucket, one, yep. I will never not, think, like that is the most visceral thing I've ever seen a villain do in a movie. And you can't sort of recreate that in this new era where what I guess maybe the Jason Momoa with the dead bodies taped is like the closest they've gotten mm-hmm. to a villain moment that wasn't like shoot someone with a gun or like found you in a car uh, because of God's eye. Like there's something more low tech about those moments and too fast that stand out more because it, yeah. it's not yeah technical. Yeah. I have one more note, I think, which is just shouting out Shea Wiggum. The year of Shea Wiggum continues. He was great in Mission Impossible. He's great in Spider-Verse. And here he is. He's got a very, like, I just like seeing him pop back in things. And just, you know, great here. Getting his nose broken again. Helping Brian out. Love it. Shout out to Shea Wiggum. He's really good. I haven't seen the new Mission Impossible, um, but I love that for him, that he's in that. He's got like um, a big part too. Like considering he's never been in one of those before, just like, oh, I thought you were gonna be like in one or two scenes. Like he's throughout. Like he's he's good in it. So I had a question and mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm doing a question like y'all do a question. Please. <laughs> just a, a conversation starter. Yes. When I was watching it, you know, there's the famous line where we'll do what we do best, improvise. hmm I don't know how, like, what relationship you both have to improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me thinking like and Stop me if you've talked about this before. Who would be the best improviser? Like comedic improviser. We've not character talked about wise this. or actor wise. Character, character. We've not talked about this before. We've talked about how that line has no history at all in the franchise. There's no basis for that line. <laughs> no. Like, they've no they've never shown like success in like every sing every single thing they've succeeded at has been like planned out meticulously. Like they don't yeah, improvise the, at any point. Yeah. The fifth movie is like a very detailed plan. They, the, yes, <laughs> to the T. Just perfectly their, down their the Their most successful mission ever was explicitly laid out. You know who I think would be really bad at improv comedy? Yes. Tyrese. Roman. Roman would be Roman, bad. That's who I think, I think would, would be, be bad. awful too. Yeah. I think he'd be really, like he would try too hard. It would come off bad. And he would be like mad that people weren't mm-hmm. laughing and like disappointed that they didn't understand his improv. He like, is I can the see living embodiment of, of the opposite of yes and. He's a no but yes, stomp yeah. off angry. <laughs> yes, he would yeah, come yeah. out and make huge moves. And like in a scene that was otherwise yep. going well, he'd yep. come in. You know he's the person, if there's a restaurant scene, he's coming and being like, I gotta be the kooky waiter. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And you'd be like, no, we've done improv. You know that kind of person. This is like, you're like, no, we're at like a a self-serve frozen yogurt place. And he's like, I'm the kooky waiter. And you're like, there is no waiter at the (laughs) the frozen yogurt place room. And he's like, but I'm the kooky waiter. And you're like... Stop. Like, also, what are you doing? I have a British accent. Why? Yeah, yes. exactly. And a gun. 
I think Han would be the kind to hang around in the background of a scene and have one really well-timed joke, but he I couldn't think so. carry yeah. a scene. Yes. I think Mia, Mia would probably be good because I think that she would secretly have been studying and practicing. Mm, mm-hmm, she does. Mm-hmm. She has a tie to homework. I think the answer to your question is that most of these people would be terrible at improv comedy. I think Tej, Tej would rule Tej is my it. top pick. <laughs> I, I think, think Tej would, I think rule Tej would be, Yeah, I think he'd be pretty good. And I and think Giselle really would be great too. I think Brian would be bad, but he would be such a fun teammate. And would he would not be like so bad at derails a scene, but he would just be really bland, but so happy to be there. Like the kind of guy who's like, he's such a great teammate and he's so happy at every scene he's in. Sure, he's not the funniest, but... He's like he would tell everybody how good they did. Jokes. And yeah. he would tell everybody how good they did afterwards. He'd be like, you had a great day today. You were mm-hmm. like so on. You made me laugh the whole time. Yeah. You know? And You'd Dom like, oh, would wow. be the coach. Mm. Dom would be their coach for sure. He wouldn't, Dom would not get on that stage. I have two more answers. One is a, a, a smaller character and one is a bigger character. I think Deckard would be pretty good because I think he plays oh. well with, with the baby, with baby Brian, with baby Jack. Okay. No, baby Brian, baby Brian. Lil B. Lil B. I also think Twinkie Bow Wow would be very good. Uh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. I would not be surprised if he like does improv in that Tokyo high school. He definitely yes. is on the high school improv team at the Tokyo High School for or sure. Or he's at least like in the theater department. He's he's something. He's like he's performative. Set set design. He has the Hulk car. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. maybe. I love those answers. Do you think that was a really fun thought experiment too? Thank Helen you. Helen Mirren Thank you. as Queenie would be good or bad because I could see it either way. Oh, she would watch. She would come and just sit in the audience. I don't think that she would she would contribute at all. Or she would, like, give critiques. But I don't think that she would participate. I think she wouldn't participate unless she had, like, four drinks in her. And they were like, come on, just do it. And then she gets up to do, like, a little improv jam. And she either slays it or is the messiest, worst possible person and, like, won't get on the stage. Like, people edit her scenes and she, like, won't leave the scene. Okay. I like both of those. Yeah, that that works for me. I I could see her being like really drunk. She slays it once and they're like, oh, my God, you have to do that again. She's like, I retire. You know, like that was my one scene. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. I killed it. Like that was everyone remembers her as like the best improviser ever. Yes. I think it's also true of the character. Like we we asked the karaoke question before, too. I think that she goes out every she goes out every week with with the group, but doesn't perform. And then she does the one song that can never be topped and then never goes back up again. And sits there and drinks in the back. And they're like, mm-hmm. are you going to do that song again? She's like, I already did that song. And they're like, yep. do you have another song? She's like, no. No, that's my song. I did it Ugh, the one she's time. so amazing. Wait, speaking of Queenie, sorry if I keep derailing everything. You're fine. I haven't listened to a lot of your Fast X episodes. Have you talked about the Rita Moreno of it all? Yes. And like what you think is going to happen with that character? We're not uh, talking not- about what we think is going to happen what they think yeah. i don't think that they know what they think that they should do with Rita Moreno because i mean it's open-ended right she can come back or they could just be like grandma's at home they could send baby b with her who knows they just made such a big deal about how she was cast in the film that i was expecting her to do so much more and she was just there to be like this is our grandma and that have it. that weird hug with mm-hmm. dom like that weird, very like, 
there was sadness behind that hug. And I didn't know why at that point in the movie yet, because everything was fine. Um, and yet they were both very sad hugging each other at the barbecue. So I didn't, I don't have any theories on this. I was just wondering if y'all had discussed this because I was very confused by. I don't think she's going to get a bigger role in the movie. Hmm. I don't think that's that she's like going to be in more like coming forward, but I think that she'd probably get about the same amount of of screen time if I had to guess. Do you think we're going to get either? If he's, I mean, we don't know anything about these characters for a movie so about for a franchise so about family. We've talked about this a little bit before. There's so many characters we don't know. Like, do we? Will we get Grandpa Toretto? Will we get Dom and Mia and Jacob's mother, who we don't know anything about? Will we know Brian's parents? Will they show up? Will any other family members? Not like big plot twists, like Dom has a brother. Oh, also it Mia has a, a brother secret. too. Like, but in terms of like adding character backstory, do you see anybody in that kind of Rita Marino semi cameo type of thing? Will we get that in these final movies? I don't know if we'll get new, but I do think we'll get reveals. So from my understanding, and maybe I just read into this, I thought Vin and Mia's mother was dead, was passed. And that's why they grew up with their father. But maybe that was never explicitly said. And I, I just don't think put it's that explicitly said. Film. Joe, do we know? Uh, maybe. And it might be in that bonus scene, Joey, actually. Wait, like the Mia... Do you know in the first movie, Vince's mom is in the hospital dying, which is kind of why he's so angry? <laughs> no. The day they cut I out of the movie? Yeah, it's a wild twist. Watch it again through that context. It's very, very weird. There's a deleted scene where he shows up to the barbecue and they're like, because he-, he in How's the movie, your almost dead mom? He shows up to the barbecue where he like stomps away, then he comes back. But Vin says, Dom says, how's your mother doing? He's like, oh, thanks for asking. Like she's, she's, you know, and whatever. they're like, take a plate for her when you go back to her, the hospital room to see her. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's so well, that's weird. Sweet. I think they just, it's, it's like a, a lie of omission. Like, I don't think they ever referenced the mom. Cause like, these movies are so about daddy. Like so much media is about daddy issues that like mm-hmm. the mom never comes into it. But I don't think they ever say, cause they talk about Dom, like their dad doing homework with Mia the yeah. dad with the shop, the dad, we, we, we see the Jack. dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we see the dad in the flashbacks. No mm-hmm. mom there. I don't know, but I do think, I mean, I heard tell like a while ago, right after Furious 7, and I don't know if this was ever substantiated, that the maybe plan for Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody, was that surprise reveal, he's Brian's dad. Yep. We pitched And I too. still think that that is true. And I think that that's why Brie Larson is cast as Mr. No nobody's daughter miss nobody mm-hmm. whatever they call her because she looks a hell of a lot like paul walker and that's yep. gonna be the reveal you like, think so yeah. yeah i do think so kind of yeah yeah I they, do. Could, they could be siblings it would it would make sense when i wouldn't i would argue it cast, we were trying to figure out is she brian's sister is she cypher's that's sister? because we said brian's sister a lot that yeah. was our guess mm-hmm. like our main guess before and then they were like mr nobody's daughter were like well, that makes no sense, but also it does <laughs> firm up the Brian, Mr. Nobody theory. Because there's the line where he's like in Seven where he's, you know, I got something to say. You really got to try the Belgian nail. But it seems like they're building toward a moment where it's like, I'm going to actually like unveil something important here. And then it's like a joke. But it feels like they're, they want to do But Brian more. says he doesn't remember any. It's, he remembers his dad, but he doesn't remember anything about his dad is the context that he uses in Five. Right, because he says, "Dom, do you remember anything about your dad?" And he says, "Yeah, I remember everything about my father." But and he's like, "Oh, because I don't remember anything about my dad." 
but it doesn't mean he doesn't know his dad. It's, it wasn't like I never met my dad. It was I just don't remember anything about him. I always assumed that implied that his dad abandoned him at a very young age. Or his dad was the head of a global spy organization was never home. Also, I mean, that makes sense. It, it's just like a weird way to pitch. Not that they fucking care. There's no, no they don't care. That's the thing. They, that, they, yes. You're right. It would be like, yeah, like, like, I don't remember, like, it's like, I don't remember anything about him implies that you met him, you might have pictures together, but you just don't remember, like, he was so, you were so young when he left or when he died that you don't remember. But, like, if Mr. Nobody shows up, like, they've been in the same room together, it would be weird that he's like, surprise, I was your dad the whole time and didn't tell you, haha, you know? But let's go with this theory that you floated to me from your past guest about eight was going to be Mia kidnapped. Brian turns against the family. Maybe eight was going to be Brian's movie, you know, mm-hmm. before. Was, that's what I think. Yeah. The sadness happened. And seven is where they introduced Mr. Nobody. So I could posit that if eight was going to be Brian's movie, it was going to be about Brian's crisis of faith or not crisis of faith, but like against going through family, his yeah. own family crisis you know, watching his wife die or something now being a just a father to this child being like, I don't, I never even knew my father. I think that could have set the table for an eight. Maybe that's where we mm-hmm. were going to get a Kurt Russell. I agree. Nobody. I'm your dad reveal. That makes a lot of sense. I Cause Kurt that. Russell is in a lot of eight, which mm-hmm. makes me think they maybe locked him in for seven and eight in a contract sort of situation. Mm. Um, because how much is he? he's not in ten he's, at no, all? He's, he's on. He's is he in on nine? A computer nine. screen in nine. He's yeah. and he's in some flashbacks. Like he explains, he, like Han's Han when Han explains how he got back. He's in like flashback scenes with Mister Nobody. But that's like that's it's right. a day of it's a day. And remember because he's on the plane and yeah. then it uh, crash. Uh, uh, we don't know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. And then not because yeah. we also thought Joe had a theory for a while that Mister Nobody was evil. Like he was the big bad. And then like the farther away we get from that, that like they just don't bring him back. It's like. If he was, if he was actually evil, he would be around more. It just feels like they don't know. What I to thought do with that him he anymore. was like the puppet master after nine, mm-hmm. and he was like disappeared in the crash, like trying to find Cipher. I thought that it was going to be like surprise. He's like actually the worst guy ever, and like they've all been like doing his bidding, but he's secretly making them do evil shit because they can. They don't know, and he's running the secret evil empire, and they just got sucked in. Under I the do guise wonder. Of- why he hasn't been in the last two more. It, I wonder if it's a scheduling thing on his part or if it's like a story thing in that they actually don't really know what to do with him. And they don't know no how idea. to write his character in. It could go either way. Okay, I'm looking now at his INDB. So he did the Christmas Chronicles movies with episode two coming out later this year. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, true. But he was in, or he did the voiceover in the Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he was the voice of Ego in two episodes of What If, but he hasn't done anything else since F9. So it's not scheduling then, yeah. Either he's Or like, maybe he just... Sorry, Ego. No, maybe... I mean, I hope he's not, like, sick. You know what I mean? Like, I hope he's not, That's like... That's the word... Like, the... Like, just uh, an older dude. Bruce you know Willis I mean? type situation, and he's, like, fighting something, and that would be really sad. I hope that not. That would be really sad, because they're my number one celebrity couple that Goldie I and Kurt. love and adore. Goldie and Kurt. Have you seen those Christmas Chronicles movies where he plays Santa and she plays Mrs. Claus? Yeah, I saw the first one. We watched the first one because we're like, Kurt and Goldie, here we go. And she's not in the movie. We're like, what the no. fuck? So we're going to watch the second end. one. She's at like one second, right? Yeah. 
yeah. So I've seen some of the second, more... but not all the way through. Um, yeah. I think it could also, I feel like from what I've heard, Kurt Russell is a real sort of like no nonsense guy mm. in that he's very straightforward about things he likes and doesn't like. So I hope it's not the case that maybe he did some of these and was like, I'm tired of doing these. Not Don't want to do them anymore. Like, eh. <laughs> Because he also did, he did Guardians 2, right? So he saw how, like, the two biggest franchises on Earth operate. So, I don't yeah. know. Joe, did you notice anything new this time through? It actually kind of harkens back to your point about the no winking. And we always bitch that, like, they don't care about the movie or, like, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking about how they've mentioned time travel twice in the newest one. In this one, Brian is playing with a paper plane twice before they get to the plane. Mm. He has one that he's playing with with uh, uh, Jack, mm-hmm. and then when he's in prison, he makes a paper plane and like throws it right before Braga shows up to his door, like when Braga knocks on his door. And I was like, oh, interesting foreshadowing that there's going to be a, you know, like the cars don't fly, all this kind of stuff. Like, I'm like, wow, that's something I missed before that he's like plane, plane, and then you're on a plane. That was the first time on this watch today that I noticed that as well. Cause I really, when he was, yeah, yeah. He was playing with the paper plane in the first scene with little baby Jack. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Is this cause the cars fly in the next movie? Cause I remembered cars don't exactly. fly. And that's really explicit in the seventh one. But I was like, there's no way that's what they were referencing. And then the second time it came up, I was like, why does he have a plane? Is there something with a plane? And then I completely blanked out. I was like, oh, yeah, the whole end of this movie is on a plane. The foreshadowing is just he has plane and there will be plane. (laughs) His job is plane. His job is plane. His job is plane. Yeah. Well, I also I just I mean, we talked about it every time. I think we talked about it every time. But I just love how he goes through this whole thing, like, he puts himself at risk to, like, be arrested for the rest of his life if this if he does not get out, like, within 24 hours. Yeah. And then he gets back, and Dom just, like, that was for you. It's like, no, 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 no. That was for all of us. What did you learn? Dom's like, I don't want to know. It's like, you put so much risk for no reason. I like it, because I love that fight scene, and I love the dialogue between Braga and uh, Brian in that scene as well, but it really is, like, just completely unnecessary. And it's crazy how Dom's like, I don't want to know a single thing you heard out there. And I've always thought of that scene and the scene at the gun shop as being like, there are two big scenes in this movie where you get like no information. Like the story is yep. not moved forward until I realized today that when they're in the gun shop and they like fight the guy, they get no information. And then you don't see Brian and Dom for like 30 minutes. I realized, oh no, wait, the thing that they set up is the pawn shop guy being like, I don't know where racers hang out or something. Like she's a racer. And then the next time you see Dom is he's going to a race where he finds Letty, but that's like half an hour later. So you sort of forget. But also it's like Dom didn't need the pawn shop guy to tell him that. Like Dom knows. Letty's going to be near a car. Dom knows that Letty's a racer. Yeah. I mean, Chrissy, we also learn from the scene in the prison where you say nothing happens. We learn that (laughs) Braga's description of a girl without a memory is perfect girl. Perfect girl. I mean, I obviously... You learn so much. 
obviously bad for the cause of womanhood, but an incredible <laughs> line for a villain. Like, I think it's so in line with this character. I love that line. Like, of course, this like awful guy thinks this amazing driver and badass fighter who has no memory and no loyalty is perfect. Is like a fighting robot. A great line. Perfect girl. I also think it's weird that when they're when they realize that there's the Braga element, that Braga and Shaw are working together, they know each other, they're aligned or whatever. Brian says it in a way that he's basically like, Letty's fault, man. Like that's the connection. But he says it in a way that like is blamey of her. Not like, oh, Letty was being run by Braga and now Letty's with Shaw and like whatever. Like they both I used her. I would 100% imagine that this is Paul Walker mailed in that line and that's where you're taking this from. There's a, and there's it's a, just totally weird. There's a way we're just like, oh, they both manipulated her because we know that Braga was using her, whatever. Like she was trying to get Dom free or whatever. She was like a, a an insider or whatever. But Brian's just like, there we go. Letty's the. It's just like, dude, like it, she's, she's a perfect girl with no memory. Don't blame her. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. I will. So let's count down the not cars, and I think this is a yep. very. It's a good one. It's a particularly good one because they don't describe Shaw's crew as being good drivers. They describe it as they're good at vehicular warfare, which to me is like they use every page of the book. They've got all yep. all the vehicles yeah. at their disposal. So Joe, count it down. What do you have? Because I have one, two, three, four, five, let me, I have seven let different me run ones. You want me to run through my list? Run through your list, and I'll see if you miss any. Uh, Han and Giselle's motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Roman's jet that he's on. Mm-hmm. Possibly counting Baby Jack's model cars. Didn't count just that, saying. but sure, why not? Why not? Paper airplane, which I just brought up. <laughs> not on my list, but a good one. Thank you. Um... Flip car, possibly. I have that. I I have that underlined. I'm like that. Maybe that counts. Like Hobbs as the military car that I don't think really counts, but like could maybe. Okay, and right after we see the flip car, mm-hmm. I found my favorite thing to look for. Uh, when they're after the flip car, they're in the shootout. Oh, I know you're. I know, I, I don't. I didn't see it, but I know where you're gonna go. There's a bicycle mm-hmm. locked up right there, sitting there. There's mm-hmm. so there's a bicycle that's right in the middle Beautiful. of the shootout. Yep, love it. Um, after that, double decker London bus. Ooh, very nice. Literally the London tube. We see the the train of the London tube. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get the prison jet for Brian. Sure. Which is possibly a different jet. You have so many that I miss, but yeah, keep going. Um, a tank. Uh huh. And a cargo plane. Yep. The only one that I had that you did not mention is what? that in the opening, it's not the opening scene, I don't think, but it's when we cut to London for the first time. It's after they race to the, the birth and there's the cool like montage credits. Yeah. When we have the establishing shot in Moscow, there is a helicopter that flies through the frame. So I was, I thought um, I, I was going to, ref- I, like, I actually thought that the rock landed in a helicopter. He drives up and I was like, oh man, did I miss it? And I was like, Joey will get it. But I always look for mm-hmm. helicopters too. Awesome. Good find. Chrissy, how would you define what makes a vehicle? Because we've been trying to figure this out all lap. It seems like a very easy question that we have somehow gotten worse at answering as this has gone on. Yeah, what what part of it are you getting stuck on? All of it, apparently. What is a vehicle? Okay. Um, hmm. Uh, like, okay, so here's, was, a, here's, a, here's a different You heard our list. It. What counts? What did, what did you yeah. hear and was like, that is, doesn't fucking is, count? Is a bicycle a vehicle? Oh. 
is a surfboard a vehicle? No, I would call those no. I call those mode of transportations, but not vehicles. Vehicles to me implies some sort of automotive. Automotive is the wrong thing. Power, sort of machine. Power, power, power. power. Self propulsion. Yeah. Yeah. But like a skateboard doesn't count then. Not to me, no. A scooter, like razor scooter, no, but electric scooter, like a lime, yes. I guess, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say a lime, yes. So she's right in line with what Aaron wrote in about. Yeah. He's like, a bike doesn't count. I'm like, we need a bike to count because we're doing bike movies. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, why don't you, why can't you just call it a transportation lap? Does it need to be a vehicle lap? No, we're just we're just arguing for the sake <laughs> no. of arguing. It does, none of this matters, <laughs> but but yeah, that's what because we're like like you start to get in this gray area that like what the fuck counts and doesn't. But because what we thought, is we a we bike knew. movie? Oh, like rad, rad BMX movie. Oh, you guys see rad? Chris, you're gonna love rad. It's great. It's if you if you meld with us this well mm-hmm. as I think you're exhibiting, I think you're gonna fucking love rad. It's I think you absolutely incredibly eighties. BMX movie where Aunt Becky, Lori Lachlan, plays yes. a girl who comes into town with she's, she's very a bike young. promoter. And the main character crew has to choose between taking the SATs and trying out for Hell Track, which is a BMX race. Hell Track. <laughs> yes. Okay. That where rules. he's the only non professional in Hell Track. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you count bikes as vehicles, um, I'm sure you've already got your lap all mapped out, but then you might also count inline skates or rollerblading as vehicles. You're talking about Airborne? I'm talking about Airborne. Airborne rules. <laughs> I love that movie. I watched that movie like all the time when I was if a kid. If you love Airborne, you're going to love Rad. I will also okay. recommend Thrashing. If you've not seen Thrashing, have you seen Thrashing with Josh Brolin? I haven't. No. All right, Chris, you got three homework. Okay. In order. I gotta write it rad, down, rad for sure. No, Los Bandoleros is short. So Los Bandoleros, number yes. one. 20 minutes. E- 20 in minutes in and out. out. It might even yeah, be 19 minutes. It might be under 20. Number one, Los Bandoleros. Number two, Rad from 1986, I think. And Thrashing, okay. I think, also from 1986. Great. That's your I'll watch it. Rad. When you watch Rad right in, we just did the episode two, but it's a really great okay. movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do either of you have any more notes about this movie, or do we want to find out which Fast and Furious character Chrissy is? Let's let's hear what Chrissy is. You have any more notes? Yeah, I don't. Do I don't out? think I have any. Okay. More notes. So we have a character quiz. There are seven multiple choice questions, six I'm answers excited. per question. No wrong answers. You can either explain your answer, or you can just answer, and we can move on. Totally up to you. But we're okay. going to find out. There are twenty or twenty-five. I think there's twenty options, twenty results exciting our last episode with lisa we got a character we've never gotten before so it's very exciting it also turned out to be the only because it's also kind of like heart you'll see but it's like horoscopy like it had a very negative character write-up which we were surprised exists but anyway here we go again no wrong answers question number one chrissy how fast are you nascar roller coaster lamborghini murcielago toyota prius vespa or razor scooter roller coaster Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Oh, God. 
um, it feels like there feels like there's not sort of an in between between Mel Gibson and Charlie Brown. It was a big gulp. Big, big yeah. <laughs> big. I, I will say that people people tend to do the Christian Bale as like a, I get mad every once in a while, but when I get mad, don't be around me. The Mel Gibson one, I think we finally had somebody answer. We're like, that's a bold choice that you're going with that. Yeah, I I think it's Charlie Brown for me, honestly. Okay. Like, I think that I can control my anger. Like, if I'm angry, I wouldn't tell anyone, don't be around me. I can, like, control that anger. So I wish there were an in-between between Mel and Charlie for me. But Charlie. Okay. Question number three, Chrissy, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you on the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? It really depends who's at this barbecue, honestly. Um, I think I'm probably just kicking back with a beer. Okay. Yeah. Question number four, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Are you working in your car? As you wake up on the weekend in bed with your husband, and you roll (laughs) out to your car he push he pushes you away i, I right push his naked boob. body off me yeah <laughs> grabbing a bite working on your car hanging with friends drinking a beer working out or doing some work on your computer doing some work on my computer describe your wedding i'm never getting married it's just me and my partner i wish we had an answer where it was us and a vin diesel standing Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Uh, I think ours is, was closer to everyone I know is there, including Vin. Including yeah, Vin. I was I was gonna say I was gonna say you at least had to go. It's just us and our families. If Vin was there, like not knowing yeah. what the guest list looked like, <laughs> there yeah. was. I think there was a coffee shop. I think it was a coffee shop in Toronto that when, was it Keanu or was it Nicolas Cage? It was one of the actors, I think it was Keanu. When they had a movie that was going to show at TIFF, they had put up a standee in their coffee shop for months. And they were like, please come visit. And when they, when whichever one it was, went to the city, they actually, they made it to the coffee shop and they were just like, you manifested it. So I think think Vin finds out Listen, I really wanted I wanted gritty at my wedding too. And then my oh my, my husband said I thought of the perfect gift for you that I couldn't make happen, which is that gritty comes to the wedding and then gritty takes off his head and it's been diesel under there. Oh my god. He said it to me and I started crying. Like, <laughs> this is the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Was what was the Vin dress? Was it Vin as Dom or what? What was this? Because I'm sure there's a bunch of different Vin stand standees, cardboard cutouts. So what was the? What was he dressed as? I ordered it off a website that had celebrities already, and the look that he was in was all white. He was in like his white um, tank top and then like a white leather jacket, like sort of a moto bicycle jacket and yeah. white leather pants it was probably the miami um premiere joey to be honest because wasn't that exactly what he was wearing at the miami trailer premiere for nine i just like that chrissy let someone else wear white to her wedding oh yeah (laughs) amazing (laughs) chrissy congratulations you just won the lottery what are you buying also joe i have no idea what he wore to any premiere i mean i could he probably wears (laughs) white every single goddamn day 
That's probably true. Yeah, he probably could, yeah. My favorite video of him is the You Know I Love Music, where he's dancing to Katy Perry and Beyonce, and he's in the white tank top there. You know what I mean? So exactly. Even out of character, he's in character. My favorite video of him is the karaoke stay. Oh. Yes. Makes me love cry. That's Literally makes tier. me cry. Chrissy, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life. What do you mean I'm buying my child at home? Like, you know, if you're childhood home, childhood home, oh, childhood not buying your child home. at home. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Um, so what was after childhood home? Because I got derailed. <laughs> a fleet of cars or a new life? I think I do a fleet of cars. Cool. That sounds cool. Sick. Yeah. Sick. All right. The final question to determine it all. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity water whatever's cheapest or joe's going to the bar just give me one of whatever you're having Ooh, i don't trust that at all um <laughs> especially i've learned and he he warns me but i've learned don't get what joe orders because bartenders make it special for him because they know that he is an alcoholic yes oh great like um, when i because his his wife used to manage a restaurant a bar and they literally brought out like a mini carafe of jack daniels and i poured it all in the drink and he's like what did you do? Don't do that. I was like, how am I supposed to know? I've never been given this option before. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I like every sip I took, I refilled with Coke. Cause I had to like dilute the alcohol. It was, I got through it, but it was a nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think I might say Belgian ale. Okay. That works. Yeah. Can I take a guess? Mm-hmm. So nervous. I'm going Tej. She was Tej until the last answer. And then oh. usurped. Ever so barely, ever so slightly. So in third place, Jesse from the first movie. Okay. Oh, love. Second place, Tej. Love. Yeah. But the Belgian ale secured it. Chrissy, you are Mr. Nobody. <laughs> that uh, rules. People that see rules. You as a bit of a mystery, and you love it. You've got more yes. going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, so you'll settle for friends. And you drive like the, like wind, the wind blows. Mr. Nobody's a good one. I that A lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of that did describe me, and that rules. There you go. I love Mr. that. Mr. Nobody. They're kind of creepy in that way, aren't they? It's a little yeah. horoscopy, but like... When I've had when we've had like friends of mine on here, I'm like, like oh, yeah, no, that fucking works. I know yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joe and I spent a lot of time like allotting points. It's a whole complicated system, but uh, you are Mister Nobody. If you saw the back end of what this fucker looks like, it's. Did it's you come up with this quiz? Yeah, we found a quiz online that had like six answers, and we're like, this sucks. But every answer ended with "you drive like the wind blows," which we loved, so we kept that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that. No, we, we made yeah, it. We, There's like a very intense scoring system that goes on mm -hmm. based on the character and the weight of the answer. And at some and point, then, either like we've added five more characters that we're either going to do now, or we might wait for the other movies or something. But like, yeah, no, we made this is our this is our baby. That's yeah. amazing. And so, which um, characters have, did y'all get when you took the quiz? I am Mia, and Joe is Dom. 
Wow, you're a family. Mm-hmm. We are family, and it makes so much sense, I think. I think a lot of people beautiful. get Letty and Ramsey. Like, a lot of people who are on podcasts are kind of like nerdy computer loners to a certain extent anyway, and so there are a lot of, like, the we get a lot of Tej, and we get a lot of Ramsey, and a lot of Jet, like, just people who, like, you know... Computers. Computers and whatever, but Mr. Nobody's a good one. Mr. Yeah, Nobody's Mr. Really Nobody's good really good. That's so cool. The final thing to do before we say goodbye is we have to play this ain't no 10 second race aka boy do we have a podcast for you boy do we have a podcast for you come and check out our show yeah yeah so this is where we go on x.com aka the x app before we do this episode's tweets let's review last time we played with lisa on our fast five episode so i found joe it happened again what? I don't know what the tweet was, but whoever I responded to deleted their account. Deleted their account. Didn't just block you. Didn't block us. Well, actually, hold on. That's a good question. Did they block us? No, I think they deleted the account. Taskmaster717 no longer exists. There's, there's a scoring system here, too, Chrissy. It's very hard to win, very hard to get points. But we've had a remarkable success at not getting blocked. That would seem normal. But people just straight up leaving Twitter... Or getting banned, banned getting from banned. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So y'all are replying to a lot of, a lot of provocateurs. Those who no, are getting we banned. We didn't think so at the time. No, we didn't think so. It's not like we're like because there was there was a dark age where Fast and Furious was being co opted for by the right wing. By the right wing. I did when I was searching today for some tweets for this game, which I don't think I did right, but because I didn't well, know, I but I, I googled or not Google, but I searched in X for Fast and Furious. And then I was like, eh. So I searched for Fast and Furious Theory because I was just like Ooh. interested in people's theories. And I Oh, yeah, you found upon. that. You found that dark hole that we were in for like a like six, eight months, 12 months or something. Yeah, that yeah. the Clintons killed Paul Walker. It's mm-hmm. awful. Yes. I, I was looking today for Fast and Furious, Giselle, Fast and Furious, Gal Gadot, and like it didn't come out i think also she so she was on hot ones recently i think she pronounces a gal gadot which is a third pronunciation gadot gadot okay um i will say if you want to see her spit a lot watch that hot ones like she the way she reacts to heat is that she like drools and spits it's very weird i don't need to see that it's not it's not like sexy it's just she just like drool it's very like i've never i've watched a bunch of those that show and i've never seen someone drool the way she drooled it was anyway Joe, you found Caitlin at Faux Show. It's Caitlin. In case there was any doubt, I was definitely the biggest Fast and Furious fan of the theater. Hashtag family. Hashtag Vin Diesel is my BFF. And Caitlin posted a picture of her shirt that said Fast and Furious. It was a bunch of different characters and racing stripes and checkered flag and everything. And we said, sweet shirt. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nope. Nothing. Okay. And Lisa found the Frogman at the Frog Feed. Fast Five has a quarter mile cop car drag race. That takes one minute and two seconds to complete, making their average speed roughly 14.5 miles per hour. It's also the film where Vin Diesel isn't sure if Brazil is a Z or an S, so he pronounces it with both. (laughs) And we said, if these are the things you're thinking about while watching the movie, boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Nick Nip, our listener, liked it and reposted it, but the Frogman did not. So swing and a miss. Oh, for three. Hop along. Hop across. Wait, so, sorry. What is this game? Is that you find tweets and then you as the podcast responds and then it's like 
fingers crossed. Do they reinteract to you? So if they like it, we get a point. If, if, okay. the, if the original poster, if the original poster, or like their mm-hmm. their People network, we not know. ours. Yes. Yeah. If they repost it, formally retweet, we get two points. If they reply, we get five. If they email in, we get 10. And if they're on the show, we get like 25 or 50. And someone two months ago said, I would love to be on your show. And she was like a journalist or something. And we're like, that's big points for us. Because overwhelmingly, nothing comes of this. Everybody usually ignores us, blocks us, or gets their account Which is so weird because we are seeking out people who are like, I love these things more than anything in my life. Here's a weird theory. We're like, we just talked about this for an hour, and they're like, Don't can't care. even like it. Can't even hit a little heart. So how many points are you at right now? So we've been doing this show for almost six years now. Um, we've probably played this game about 100 times. I have 65, and Joe has 79. Okay. Like, I heard the scoring but, system. But like, <laughs> okay. but that, that's like 15 or 20 twice each, and then a lot of ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe, you sent me the tweet. It's very hard. You want to hit hit us with your, please, thank you. I went to Ray at at R-A-A-Y-V-E-N-N-N-N-N-N. You'll see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast X was beautiful. Like, wow. If you know me, then you know I am a big Fast and Furious fan. Chris, this is what Joe does. He searches big Fast and Furious (laughs) fan and responds. (laughs) And it worked like two or three times in a row. And then it's been like 0 for 5 since. But he's just trying to recapture that po- that glory. So I liked it and retweeted it. What do you want to say to Raven? We are also really big Fast and the Furious fans. <laughs> Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Or like, wait, wait, can we ask yourself? Like, let, let me try a question. Already sent it. Uh, can, I'll delete, I'll delete it. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, no. fix, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I was going to be like, what's your favorite part of Fast and the Furious? So like try to lure oh. her into a response. But they just give her something else to ignore engagement no i think that's a good i'm tactic. trying i'm i'm trying today like what's what's your favorite one or like what's your favorite part of the fa- like right. something i sent it we'll see thank you thank you chrissy what did you find Ooh, ooh. no chrissy you, you you play this game perfectly okay what is yours what is yours okay i found something that i don't i don't subscribe to this theory that i'm about to read but this okay, is from please. at evil liz Mm-hmm. At evil underscore Liz. My theory for how the Fast and Furious movies end. This guy survived the first one and is behind everything. And it is Jesse, right? That's Jesse. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a picture yeah, of Jesse. Jesse. That he's the mastermind. That's what Jesse's I thought, but I just got just so... everyone's day up. I got so scared oh, I remembered I like his it. face wrong. Um, I don't believe that because, as I said, I believe that he's a true death. Um, mm-hmm. But I love... Ben saw him die. The ingenuity of this theory. I love people thinking outside of the box. Good things. So, like how do that. you want us to respond? Do you want us to just say we love the ingenuity of this theory? Boy, there's a podcast for you. <laughs> okay. Or you could write it. You could write it however you want. You know. Uh. Yeah, I'm trying to think. How would if if I tweeted this, and some what did you want to say? We well, love we this end theory. everyone with boy. Do we have a podcast for you? But yeah, you said something like I don't subscribe to this, but I love the ingenuity. I love thinking outside the so box. So we said, I, I, we love the ingenuity of this theory. I love the way your brain works. <laughs> and then can it can it be girl? Do we have a podcast for you? Of course. Just to change the form a little bit? 
Yeah, I like it. Girl, like do we it. have a podcast for you. We have you know? thought a, we have thought for a while that like putting a gendered pronoun or whatever, I don't know, boy, I guess just a noun in there um has probably scared a lot of people off or made people be like, "What?" makes made us feel like a But bot. we mean it as like boy do we yeah, like not, 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 yeah. No. But girl, do we have a podcast? I like it. We're good. Yeah. I'm also using girl, do we have a podcast for you? And like a girl, do we have a podcast for you? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm not it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. yeah. Joe, exactly. Are we, we going to enter our GD WAP Fiera? I kind of like it. I, if if Chrissy girl? hits here, <laughs> we might have to We might have to just go with girl, do we have a podcast? Like, ha. Uh, yeah, I, we might have to. I think it's less threatening in a way, right? I don't Is know. Is it more threatening? I think, I, it if it's us, on, it's it, more threatening. It depends on who we're responding to. Because I think there's a and lot. And if it's I mean, just us, mm-hmm. it's definitely more threatening. But if if we do, like, if Chrissy does do Girl to Wave a Podcast for you, then I think it's, like, very approachable and fun. Yeah, but if you're responding to someone like Chrissy Teigen, who I know is constantly tweeting Wait, about do you know that curious. Do you know she's in Tokyo Drift? Shut up. Is she? No, she is. Yeah, yeah. She is. Uh, I don't. What's is she credited as? Like pink, boobs getting pink, out of a car. Pink yeah, it's boobs? like pink, pink tank top. Like she's like yeah, like near the end, she like gets out of a car and you only see her like pink tank top, and she's like, "Yep, that was me." Wow. She tweeted like five years ago. I just remember that I spent a day in a parking garage in L.A. like ten year or twenty years ago or whatever. Um, as an Tokyo extra drift. Fa- yeah this is what i was wearing can anyone like confirm this and like and it was like boop three minutes a guy like had like multiple screenshots and she's like thank you so much but i'm also a little concerned by how quickly you had this available to you um she is credited as girl in parking garage wow that's yeah. so crazy that i said that um because yeah. i really was just thinking of like what what Twitter celebrity, what celebrity who uses would Twitter say a lot would yeah. be really turned off by hearing "Girl, do we have a podcast for you?" And I was like, probably Chris Deacon, maybe. Hold on, I'm gonna put in in the chat here just so you see, because like it's it's like very, it's just you know, it's her, and this is like the extent to which. I mean, that rules. I would love to be an. Did extra that not come through as a picture? I mean, you can download whatever, but I'm that's having to download just... it. Let's see. Oh. Oh, okay. Great. Well, like, so that's... you don't even see your face. No, <laughs> no, 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 you don't see your face. That's why the, nobody knew the... it was her until she said it. Yeah. It's at the very end of the movie where Dom rolls up and he, you know, challenges Sean. Yeah, she just like in it's very kind of like Michael Bay, like she like low angle gets out of the car sort of in slow motion, just like showing off her boobs, but you don't see her face. Perfect girl, wow. as we as we know. Perfect girl. <laughs> yeah. One with no face yet. Perfect oh, girl. Only, only boobs, no memories. Perfect girl. <laughs> Perfect girl. Oh, and Chris, you you played the game right. You've already liked the reply that we That's sent right. as you, which means that I get another notification. Okay, so I'm playing one for charity, and I'm playing one for myself. So when we play for charity, okay. nobody gets the points. Okay. But I found this one first, and I was like, this is pretty good. Then I found a better one. So the one I'm playing for charity is from Dati, D-A-T-I. Sometimes if you find two good tweets, I see the look on your face, Chrissy. Sometimes <laughs> if we find, like, a good tweet, we just play that one for charity. Because, like, ultimately, we're trying to get people to, like, To watch the game. Listen. To, to, to listen to the show. And does a a financial compensation go to a charity of your choosing? No, but we do don't, we, we do turbos for tots every <laughs> December, where Christmas. we buy okay, Fast great. and Furious 
toys and give them to an underprivileged we community can, in I mean, in I'm not giving them the points. Yeah, they don't get points, but we do give toys to charity. <laughs> Listen, you use the phrase, I can't, I can't I'm doing this toy. for charity, really, like, willy-nilly, and it made it seem like there was some sort of good coming out of this. Eventually, yes, but it's Great. not the points that you get from this game. Great. So Dotty at XOXTBZ said, I just finished my Fast and Furious marathon, and Fast X really finished on a cliffhanger, grr. But when Han sees Giselle alive, it's going to be so crying emoji yes i'm gonna say we're not ready for it we're not emotionally ready for it girl that we have a podcast for you (laughs) i think that's good riding that chrissy wave here that's unfair girl i didn't know that this was an option anything is an option is chrissy teething the most famous chrissy and are you the second most famous chrissy this has been the fight of my life Uh, (laughs) no uh it's (laughs) Something I love about my name, something I hate about my name, I'll say a thing that I hate about my name is that it is a child's name. And I have a really hard time picturing myself as like a 75 year old woman that people are calling Chrissy. Like it I'm sounds stuck so as juvenile. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. The thing that I sort of love about my name is that it's not like a unique name by any means, but you don't hear it often. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't met a lot of Chrissy's in my life. Um, and famous Chrissy's are Chrissy Teigen, Chris Everett, who was a tennis player, who was yep. kind of who was, I was named not after, but like my okay. mom saw that tennis player on TV and was like, oh, I kind of like the name Chrissy, uh, Chris, cause I guess they used to call that tennis player Chrissy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was a character I in that thing. I in fifth grade. So I know all about Chrissy Everett. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a character in that thing you do is the girl in the polka dot dress who sees them at. Filipinos. That's like one of my favorite movies, so I know it a little too well. Her name's Chrissy Tompkins. They say like Chrissy Tompkins. Side note on that: Have you seen the director's cut of that thing you do? Awful. Where there's Awful. like forty extra minutes of Charlize Theron. Uh, like Tom Hanks should be thank. I know he was the director, so he's probably in the edit room as well. He should be thanking his editor for the rest of his life because that director's cut is god awful. There is the. Nice little wrinkle. Joe, you might not even know this, but in the director's cut of that movie, it's revealed that Tom Hanks, who has a small part in the movie, is in a gay relationship with Howie Long, former NFL star Howie Long. Yes. Oh, interesting. Like he picks him up for a date or something. We're just like... Oh, very cool. So that was left on the the cutting room floor, but I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But there's a lot more Charlize hanging out with a dentist, like putting up wallpaper and stuff. It's just like, all right. The best thing about that thing you do is it's pacing and it's momentum and that it like, you know, mimics that feeling of if you were in a one hit wonder band, like you're going on it with them and it just is moving so fast. And this kills everything about that. It It's so, there's so many superfluous scenes. The pacing is off. They don't hear themselves on the radio until like 50 minutes into the movie. And that is it's like, crazy. That's maybe the best scene in any movie ever. Yes. Those are really the only Chrissy's I know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chrissy Teigen's definitely the most famous Chrissy, for You're sure. You're probably up there. I mean, people have seen your name a lot, I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> In a list with, like, 11 other writers. <laughs> I don't know hey. how many people are looking at that. The 12 disciples. Except for my mom. I'm going to yeah. look. Next time I watch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. I am. Thanks. Here's the, here's the tweet that I'm playing, not for charity, playing selfishly for me. From Kevin Wozniak at Kevflix, in the Fast and Furious franchise, they brought this is actually very similar to Chrissy's in a, in a way. They brought back Letty, 
Han, Giselle, and a slew of other characters. But when are they going to bring back Leon? And just a picture of Leon from the first movie. It's a very similar tweet. You're right. We ask this all the time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Amen. <laughs> Leon's just in jail, dude. That's exactly where he is. He's just like in like a like a low security, just jail, not prison. You know who I'd like to see actually to answer a question from three hours ago. Uh, what? In Hector. I know he came back. He comes back in seven mm-hmm. for yep. a quick moment, but I I'd like to see him again. He gets he comes back. Letty punches him in the face and he leaves. Yeah, great scene. What do you think of the name Race Wars? <laughs> Bad. <laughs> very bad i can't believe i can't believe they got that through even in 2001 like that's not like oh it's a different time of course they called it race wars they didn't know it's like they knew Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then they brought it back Uh, they doubled down down in 2015 we invented race wars and what's bad is that it in the first movie it is quite segregated by race Mm mm-hmm it is yeah. actually a race wars. Like the, mm-hmm. the crews are often segregated by race. It's really alarming. I can't. Yes. Yeah. And really at can't race they got wars, away with they're it. kind of like in different pairings that would. Yeah. Be at war yeah. with one another. It, yeah. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us. This was a delight. You were a fucking delight. You thank were you. great, Chrissy. I had a great time. What would you like to plug? What can people learn about you? Where do you want people to find you? What do you want people to know about you? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I am currently a striking writer. So sorry, uh, we support the strike. Yeah. Thank you so much. I support the strike as well. Uh I, I do wish um the studios would figure their S out um mm-hmm. and end it. But you said handies so- and blowies before. Now you're just gonna call it S <laughs> inside her. I simply won't say the S word. <laughs> the one line uh, I will not cross. So typically when I'm not on strike, you can watch new episodes of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, even though that doesn't need my plug. Um, you can find me on X at Chrissy SH. Sweet. I'm not super active on here. it. In this house, we call it Twitter. Chrissy. Good. And then you can follow me on Instagram at my name, which is Chrissy Shackelford, but I don't really post about like, content there it's mostly just my family and friends but you can see that if you want and then last thing i guess i should plug i made a web series like two years ago um called ghost called ghost written you can find that at www.ghostwrittenseries.com it's only three episodes um but if you are craving content that's not studio backed in any way that was made on a little shoestring budget and you can watch that sweet that's so awesome yeah I will definitely check that. I saw that when I was researching you. Researching you was a very strong term for what I did. I Googled you and I was like, right, this is who this person is. And I was like, oh, this looks good. So I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, have a have a time. Have a time with it. Good or I bad, know. depending on your subjective taste. I'll have a good time. If if this I will watch that if you watch Rat, which a movie I had nothing to do <laughs> okay. with. It's the easiest And sell I have no ever. financial stake in. But I want okay. you to watch Rad, and I will watch the thing that you, you made that spent sound like time. you really, you really own like the the rights to Rad with that. Yeah, one. you're getting residuals from Rad. Yeah, he's like, I don't own anything about it. Talia Shire owns the rights to Rad. It's oh, it's free on um on Canopy. Canopy. Yeah, the library what? streaming the library streaming <laughs> service. If you have a library card, Canopy uh, with a K K A N O P Y. 
Yeah. So you don't even need to rent it or pay for it. Joe, our next episode is for real this time. RRR. R. They're excited to watch that. And then a we're going to do another saga. Actually, one other note that I had about this. So we're going to do that. Then we're going to do Minute. And then we're going to do Tokyo Drift. And this is the first time I ever really thought about, like, at the end of this movie, Han's like, there's something I got to do. He, go- he goes to Tokyo. We follow Han to Tokyo. Like, we, I know we, we do this for, like, the chronological, but, like, I've never thought about us literally following his footsteps as we follow him to Tokyo. So We do. We definitely do. Very, very exciting. Joe, any other final thoughts before we end the episode? This was the greatest day ever. 101. 101. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on X and Instagram and YouTube. Email Twitter. us, family at cageclub. I'm not calling, I'm not plugging threads anymore. I'm going to call it X because I think it's funny. Okay. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop and come back next week for RRR. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Chrissy Shackelford and we will tell you all about it when we see you again.